The world always has an original, whether it is in art or whether it is in every day. What happens if this is replicated and remade? Does it live up to the original? The Literary Licensed Podcast explores the world of the original and remake as we explore and see if the remake truly stands up to the original. With your host Joe Randazzle, John Wilson, Vicky Ray, and Keith Chago, where they ask the question, does the remake live up to the original? Welcome to the Podcast, and this is our last Make Remake with The Last Man on Earth from 1964, and I am Legend from God knows when, 2007. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We got John Wilson with us. Hello, John. Hello, folks. Davi Cavallo with us. Hello, David. Hi, everyone. And Joe Randazzo. Hello, Joe. Hey, everyone. And Vicky Ray. Hello, Vicky. Hi, guys. And I'm your host, Keith Shagum. Before we get started, let's find out who, what we've been up to since last time we saw each other. Starting with you, John. What have you been up to since last time we saw you? I have been getting a lot of ink. You guys can't see this. Oh, but you they can. It is. So it's a, it's a beginning of a Starry Night uh, mural that's going to be my yeah, I was just uh, trying to sleeve. show off those, those gorgeous big yeah. guns he has. So, He's got nice arms and he knows it. <laughs> a lot of ink, a lot of time, a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah, right it, under there, man. I that mean, they, I every time when I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And they're like, oh, you're going to do the elbow. Ooh. And I'm like, oh, you got like it. The, on the, oh, really? yeah, now it's literally right on the elbow. Really so, uh, but yeah, but. six hours of fun uh, and many, many more sessions to go. So I've been doing How that. Many more you got to go. Are you going to get a whole sleeve? Yeah, so the the sleeve is going to be a starry night. The in between is going to be a starry night. So oh, it's going to go are you serious? completely That's the so, entire. Oh, arm, it so. is. Yeah, so I it's all it's right all the now. swirls <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, that's yeah. going to be nice, John. So you get a musical implant of um, Don McLean singing Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> or i might do you know a little uh tiny bubbles you know something like that <laughs> every every time you flex it goes a starry starry night <laughs> oh my god starry starry night uh and then you I know i just to see that just been working and uh you know helping a friend edit his some of his short stories and writing a little bit for myself and trying to just balance this crazy life like all of us are you know you happy in your new place you've been there almost a year i love my new place the babies love it more because they get to enjoy it more they're here like you know i'm paying for you know their rent here of course (laughs) rent free you know um but happy happy as a clam and trying to enjoy the last days of summer because they fleet by quickly i'm going on a cruise at the end of the month so i'm looking forward where are you going to bermuda so i'm going to bermuda good yeah Yeah. yes don't get lost in the triangle now Uh, (laughs) stay on the don't go off the beaten path in bermuda shit they'll fucking mug you down there i'll just make sure to take a compass with me Take the brass knuckles with you too. Roll up a couple of rolls of nickels and put them in the sock. And don't <laughs> leave the don't leave the path of, of tourism. <laughs> Where are you going? I mean, I, I've been to Bermuda before. Like she she's like, when did you get mugged in Bermuda? What? <laughs> well, I like to go to the offbeat places where you're not supposed to go. Well, then clearly you're Which gonna get really that's how you're gonna get mugged. Don't leave the up. Just don't go down the dark alleys where there's no. Yeah, well, a a, a good story never ends up. It's not that big of an island, really. Yeah, it's not like it's not like a metropolis. Yeah. (laughs) No, you just need this. You know, I'm always safe. COVID has not made us a gentler, kinder people. 
Mm. Well, make sure you check out the Cliff Restaurant. That's excellent there. In the Cliff Restaurant and the Rob oh, It's in Bermuda. Um, and is, is it on the south side or the lower? Yeah, the south side on the cliff. Okay. The cliffs are really good. There's food. a place called Rum Ooh. Runners too. So. Pretty good. Go to Rum Runners. And Feliz Navidad. What about yourself, Davi? What are you been up to? Feliz Navidad. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even Italian. Um, no, I'm going to be singing that song. <laughs> oh, dang. Navidad. No. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> <laughs> we skip Halloween season. <laughs> well, I've moved house. Uh, on the 15th, finally, um, I had to get a new bike, which is so irritating. So I had the bike that was given by my brother and I had to change it because the guy, the repairer of the bike told me this bike has to go, has to go in the bin. And then if you keep driving this bike, you're going to have an accident. So I was like, okay, time to change. The bike. Is it a motorbike? No, 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 just a bike, like a cycling bike. But that was my baby. And then I lost it. Your baby. It is what it is. I mean, new, you know, new house now, new bike. Sometimes you gotta um, get a new bike. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta try not to kill yourself on an older bike. On the old bike, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but well. probably, it, it probably costs you more money to redo it. That's oh, why. Exactly. Yeah. They yeah. they told me it was gonna cost me around three to four hundred pounds oh, to God. just repair the bike oh. completely. And the guy oh, yeah, was like, you, well, well, you got two hundred pounds a bike. So yeah. It was sad, but I had to do it. So it and you all matter. rely so heavily on your bicycles and stuff. Yes, yes, I cycle every day to work. Like now, it takes about thirty to forty minutes cycling to go to work, and then I, I don't want to rely on spending two hundred pounds a month of. Oh, I don't blame you. Buses. I There's nowhere to park there. There's literally no place to park in that town. There yeah. isn't. I don't understand how people live like that. It's nowhere to park. Some people choose pain. You know? That was yeah, like the exactly. first, no way, maybe it was Paris. But the first I country, I'm pain. pretty sure it was Paris, where I've seen, you know, those little EV vehicles, those little, what, the, what do you call them things? They're like go-karts. They're itty-bitty cars, anyway. Oh, uh, the, like, the ones that look like a roller skate. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they, instead of parallel parking them the regular Smart way, car. they just back them in with the front face of the street. And really? I've never seen that before until I went to <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah, they're, <laughs> called, I mean, smart, they're called a smart car. Smart car. That's it. That's it. Uh, I wouldn't, want, I wouldn't want to get a car. I wouldn't get, want to get a traffic accident. There's just not, yeah, there's just not enough between you and the road in a smart car. I was going to say, you're like a little tin can, basically. You get crushed. You know. You'd be like yeah. Ocean yeah, Gate. No, that's, that's why we always encourage poor people to drive in those. <laughs> you know. Now, only if they would have strapped some oxygen on one of those instead of that <laughs> other thing when they went down Ocean Gate. <laughs> no, that was bad. Oh, God. That was I'm a not... tin can. <laughs> it was oh, a God. tin can. Asher, my, yeah. my grandson was looking at videos. He goes, Grandma, did they actually go down in that? And I go, yep, they did. He goes, that's a game controller. I go, uh. Yep. Uh. <laughs> Like, and no, like tomato soup at the bottom of the ocean, They're like tomato yeah. soup. Yeah, you, you know, you know, it's funny. I was watching a uh, I was watching this old Roger Corman alien ripoff, and uh, there was uh, um... <laughs> he describes things. Well, I mean, that's exactly Corman what it was. It was, it was basically, it was basically alien, but the uh, one of the characters had survived a um, a horrific uh, a horrific calamity on a ship called the Hesperus. This is in the future. So, so, and at first, I caught myself thinking, only in the movies 
would they name a vessel after a vessel that had already had a major wreck? And then I thought, wait a minute, no, because it happened in real life two months ago with the Titan. So, oh, I, the Titan so was, yeah. yeah, so I'm like, wait a minute. No, we are this stupid in real life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, remember for the long time they were trying to do a Titanic 2 and it was like just don't they give it that it. name. You could give another boat, but just don't give it a there Titanic. Is. It's on Tubi or Peacock or something. It's called Titanic 2. No, oh, I'm no, talking about well, an actual talking about boat. A real life. I'm talking about yeah. a real boat. Someone was actually going to build a boat and name it like Titanic. But they too, are really like, actually building a boat. I don't know what they're going to name it, but what? they're building one that's exact Titanic. I think they actually launched it already to tell you the truth. Now that I think about it. Well, maybe they didn't oh. call it Titanic 2. Maybe Greta Thunberg's on it. <laughs> we couldn't get that lucky. <laughs> we haven't heard from her in a long time, so it's possible. Yeah, maybe she'd like to address all them whales dying off the coast of New Jersey because all them windmills. Yeah, I mean, I bet you if she's on Titanic 2 and is heading for an ice, you know, an iceberg, she's going she's kind of going to wish that the greenhouse effect happened faster <laughs> when you're headed for that ice cap. If she shut her mouth, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, but David, you're going to Italy, aren't you soon? Yes, the twenty sixth. Where are you going? Italy, Italy. Um, Yeah, Where just you go back home for a visit. See yeah, for mama, two weeks. Mama. I've never been just to in time for the heat. Oh yes, it is weather. I never yeah, expected Italy to be brutally hot like it was, but that was like Africa hot. I was not expecting that shit at what, all. But what, where did you go to Italy again? Where did you go to? I was Italy? there in June. It was just hot. I thought I was June was already hot. It was already hot. Yeah. Well, it's still their peak of summer, but like if you're going, you're going the end of August or beginning of September. Yeah, twenty sixth to the seventh. Oh yeah, so it should be it should be the end of summer. So it shouldn't be too bad. Yeah. No, it's so pretty there though. It's such a beautiful country. Depends where you go. It depends where you go. But then there are a lot of nice places. It was hot in Pompeii. I thought I was gonna die in Naples too. Oh, but you went. Okay, so you there wasn't even a coastal breeze in Naples. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's hot. (laughs) We'll be talking about Italy Italy a lot today. Yep. Yeah. what about yourself joe what have you been up to um well i was um i'm gonna be checking out subspecies five which was um over the next couple of days i don't know exactly when um is that new because uh um my old friend that you know i met back at uh back at trauma and like the uh Jeez. you know like 2009 2010 uh justin martell he produced it so i will be uh, I'll be checking that out and giving him some feedback. Um, when, did I guess, he, when did he do this up, this last one? Uh, it just came out. Just so came they, out. Okay. they filmed it last year. Uh, during the lockdown, he uh, he sent me the screenplay and asked uh, asked for some feedback Queens. on it. And I I went back. I watched all four of the uh, of the original movies and the the vampire journals, and then I read the screenplay and I really liked what i read and i told him uh i told him so and you know the the notes were very minor uh but now the movie finally came out that you know because this was in 2020 when they sent me the script um so yeah they filmed it last year and i cannot wait to see it if it's anything like what i read on the screenplay it's going to be very very good awesome um i know they brought back the original director ted nicolau um i I, I don't want to, you know, it's been it out. For, it's been out for a couple of months now, but I didn't want to watch it streaming. I I wanted to wait for physical media to come out to to, to watch the, it. Did you buy uh, it? At yeah, 
so so I, I picked up the Blu-ray and uh, I'll, I'll watch it that way. And I, I promised him I will get to it soon. And uh, he's doing a lot right now. He he just finished a movie in Serbia, and that, oh, no that's a, that's about ready to come out via Vinegar Syndrome. It's called Eight Eyes. I saw a version of it uh, that didn't have the finished effects yet, and the sound wasn't finished yet. He just wanted to know what I thought of it, and I took I took a look at that, and it's. Uh, it gets really wild at the end. So once that comes out, that's, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be a lot of fun. And I know he's right now filming the requel to the 1980s movie street trash. So, oh, it's, doing, is it blood rise? Is that what it's called? Blood rise? Uh, Subspecies blood rise is the new one. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's, I'm going to watch it as soon as we're done. Have you seen the other subspecies movies? I've seen most of them. I haven't seen the fourth one. Yeah. Do I need to watch the other two, the third and the fourth one? I mean, all, all the movies, everything that happens in this. Um, Will I be able to figure out what's going on from the first two? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. But, but oh, reading, okay, 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 okay. I, I, I'm going to check it out uh, in the next couple days. Um, it was just something I wanted to see if I could get. Because you always, he gives me links all the time. And they come like, yeah. it's, like a, it's gonna be think, 110 degrees out. I ain't going nowhere. I think the first no. four <laughs> subspecies movie that, I think the first four subspecies movies are all on Tubi. I think they're all on yep, Tubi. That is, yeah, it is on Tubi. So yeah. yeah, you can check them out there. And also the vampire journals, because the characters from that end up coming in. Um, and yeah, he's filming Street Trash right now. So uh, that's somewhere in Africa where he's filming that. Um, so he's, uh, or actually, I don't know if they're, if they're filming. They might they might also be stopped right now. I, think, I don't know if they were using SAG actors or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, uh, so I'm going to be checking that out. <clears throat> um, other than that, what else have I really been doing lately? It's been, it, it's been a lot of work and, uh, I watched, um, and I'm, I'm going to be writing something up on a movie called, um, uh, Mahakal, <laughs> which is the, uh, <laughs> the Bollywood ripoff of a nightmare on Elm street. Oh, I've got through half of it. I gotta finish watching it. I was gonna like, oh my god! I was, uh, man. I, I, I was. Just, like, I knew in the first five minutes I was in trouble. I I, I, I was messaging Vicky and Keith while I was watching it because it it's just it's uh the the full movie's up on YouTube. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's it's, really, it's very amazing. strange. Some it's of the choices are strange. A lot of the, a lot of the kills. Uh, well, the plot is basically part one, part three. Some points they just completely rip off the score from part two and just shove it in there. Uh, some of the they pull some of the kills out of part four, like the waterbed kill and um, <laughs> a little random. And the uh, uh, the guy that gets uh, the guy that gets his ass kicked by an, by an invisible Freddy in like the kung fu uh, setting that that they bring that in, so it's it's just wild. And then well, some, they had sometimes the darkness down, you know, like in the beginning. Season, I really had, like, like it had the chains and the dark, scary asylum. I really like some of the some of the atmosphere of that movie. It it, it really worked. Uh, some of the changes and some some of the changes they made are you know just their own. And of course, it's a Bollywood movie. So there's a lot of musical numbers. Um, the movie runs about two hours and two hours and they ten. Do two that. Hours and See, I do every movie they do. They do <laughs> I just 
it's like you know when someone comes up with a concept they're like you know what if we made nightmare on elm street into a bo-? i'm like how <laughs> why i mean this well, is this came out this came out in the 90s see kruger screwing in the light bulb and patting the dog at the same time it just works out really well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll send you the link john it's uh it's uh, it, the full movie's up on youtube I'll send it to it's, you in a it's sec. It's not bad. I've got to finish. I had like 24 minutes. It's not bad at all. I'm going to probably watch. There's a whole. They got a whole. I'm going to also send it to my friend. It's a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan. So I'm going to send him and be like, I don't think you've seen this. I think it would be really. I bet you he watches it though. Because after a while I go, I'm going to watch this. And then after 20 minutes, you're still watching it. So, yeah. I mean, come on, you know, it's kind of grows on you. Well, it takes a little while to get started. It, I'll tell you that because it uh, the, the the first kill from the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie doesn't happen until nearly an hour in. Oh, geez. Yeah. So there's it's, how yeah, many songs longer. is that in? <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of songs before it's we like get to our 15 first kill. songs in and then she finally someone finally dies. Yeah. It's definitely up key, Sally. And, you it's, know, we, he always likes to do his Ethel Merman impersonation. It's well, <laughs> I, I did see the Bollywood version of Reservoir Dogs and the Bollywood version of that John Cusack film called Identity. I didn't know there was a Bollywood version of Reservoir Dogs. I didn't yeah. either. I think I have it. Um, Do they deliberately copy these movies? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, you can, I, I mean, if they deliberately than, you know, plagiarize, I just wondered. Well, I mean... I mean, nothing's better than, you know, see, seeing the Michael Madsen character cut off an ear in a Bollywood film while he's singing. So that was interesting. <laughs> jory, Jory, how can you play? I think their stuff is pretty. I, 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 I'm telling you, those Indonesians and those South Koreans put out some freaking good, scary movies, though. I don't give a shit what anybody says. They've got, they've got they put, something. They also put out amazing indie horror games, too, because yeah, some indie horror games, Jesus. That's a, that's a Tyler like Project, Zero, Project Zero was good. That was quite yeah. good. Did you see it? Like, there's one. Um, it's a, based on a town, a Taloon. So it's, yeah. a town, it's a town that it was called the Walled City. And it was it was literally it's creepy looking, but they they now they tore it down. But it was like this walled city where it was just anything that happened in with that city was the uh, crime uh, was basically rampant because the mobs controlled everything within that town. But there's a horror, there's an indie horror that's like it's about like someone moves into this city and it's 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 just everything is like interlinked. So there's no space to where you can actually get in, and once you get in. There's no light, so there's no windows to people who live in the, who live there. It was, it's creepy. And what about yourself, Vix? What have you been up to? Nothing. I had to fix my internet for like three hours this morning. Damn Wi-Fi towers. But uh, not a lot. It's been so hot here. I've been trying to salvage my garden, but I'm getting up and I'm going to pull out everything and put more dirt down. Try something in the fall. It is you futile when it's 110 out. Futile. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how many times I water everything, it's just beautiful. But um, what did I watch? Um, I what I cannot get my time back on this because I had to watch it. Um, the Pope's Exorcist. I was really looking for more. I mean, Russell Crowe so had that bad. Spanish accent down all for nothing. I'm telling you, Russell Crowe should just give up. Oh, I know. Like Russell Crowe, you leave <laughs> him alone. <laughs> I, I've I've heard nothing nothing positive about the post. I, I thought I thought yeah. what the hell. I mean, I'll watch it for myself because I mean, when somebody says they hate something, I might like it. So I don't really go by that. 
I just think he need, I just think he needs a timeout at a fat farm somewhere. I think he gained <laughs> weight for that one role. What was it? Unhinged. He never lost. And then he, he never lost. Lost. Yeah. He, he, That's what he does in between movie roles. He just didn't lose weight before the movie this he, time. He's around. like, I'm a method actor. I just forgot the method. Yeah. Forgot the method yeah. to lose it too. Yeah. What else? What did I watch the attack of the giant leeches? Finally. <laughs> yes, you were messaging me about that. We've got to do a whole season on stuff like Night of the Lepus and Attack of the Giant Leeches, the Killer Tomatoes, the whole fanfare. We I wouldn't mind doing that, like uh, like a trash, like 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 a schlock season, schlock movies. Yeah, something like that because it was worth it. Um, what else did I see? Oh, Fifty States of Fright. That was pretty good. It was something for each state that had some weird shit going on. Where is that? I never heard of that one. It's on. Oh, I actually like that one. Yeah, Tubi has States. it. Yeah, it's, it's just got something. About, you know, how, like, the guys, the tree fell on his wife and he had to cut off her arm. And she they had to make a gold arm for her because she was so vain. And then he got broke after she died. And, so and they're, they're short. They're super short. They're, like, super short what, stories. Yeah, like they're five minutes. But they're really, really intense. Well, these are, like, 20-minute anthologies. But they're really, yeah. it's a series. It's really quite good. I'm enjoying it. Huh, and okay. um, what else? Oh, the I thought of Joe when I watched this. My husband wanted to watch it. It was all Italian people. It was called The Substitute with Tom Berenger. It was oh, yeah. yeah. I just started going, Sean and I just started going through all those. And I just got the fourth one yesterday, just arrived. So uh, right before I left for work. So at some point in the next couple of days, I'll, 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 we'll finish out the series. But yeah, the yeah. first one was Tom Berenger. And we were like, this is actually pretty good. And then the, um, the second one, they couldn't get Tom Berenger back. So Treat Williams is now the lead in these movies, right, and he was right. the lead for the next three. I don't know uh, why this just made me think of you. I go, I wonder if this probably is because I, I I talked about him on the last podcast. How Sean oh, and I had been well, going you're talking through about the Treat uh, Williams. Yeah. Though. Sean and I had started going through them. Friday. Yeah, yeah, we started, but, we yeah, started going through the substitute those were, movies. Was, I don't know. I just started watching all this. I found a station of old monster movies. It's all I got to find the name, but just a station for black and white monster movies. Is it the the new one that uh the the Universal Monster Station that uh that, I, that it might be. It might uh, it's be. it's on freebie. I forget. I think it's yes, just called it's Universal Monsters or yes. something. Uh, I can't yeah, remember what it is. Called Universal. Though, Universal just started as a place to 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 like dump all their uh, all, all their yeah, classic that's monster all the movies black on. And whites and I'm no, just you like have no excuses anymore. Everybody out there who hasn't seen Frankenstein, Dracula, The Wolfman, yeah, yeah they're all there. Invisible Man, they're all free now. Universal's put them all out for free. They even got they even had my night attack of the giant leeches, <laughs> and they've got the they've got the giant shrews, the killer shrews. <laughs> How do you not like that shit? It's so, just golden. <laughs> so uh, Mark Mark Krawcheck, who's been on the uh, the podcast here a couple times, he was invited to a film festival in Wisconsin last week, and he somebody there had a puppet of of one of the shrews from the from the Killer Shrews. I'm like, I need one of those. <laughs> and there's the giant spider. I just love oh. the giant spider, the black and white giant tarantula. And he's just you know, it's just gold. Do you, do you get Spinguli down there or no? In Texas, we get it. Uh, tomorrow night he's showing Conga, a giant giant uh, killer ape movie, a giant ape movie. Um, oh, he is! So, I love Spider-Man. Yeah, I've I've been I've been uh, I, I work Saturday nights, but I see most of the movies that he shows. I know last week was the Black Scorpion. So in the the absence of Joe, but they don't air on the same night anyway. In the absence well, of right. Joe, well, Bob, Joe Bob's done. His season finished last week. Yeah. Or a, no, about a month ago now. I think was it a month? Well, probably yeah. was a month ago. But um, I, I just caught up to the last few episodes. Is what it was. 
Yeah, so he's. Uh, I, I like some of the stuff that they're that they're showing. I know uh, next week is War of the Colossal Beast, and then I know Frankenstein <laughs> is coming up at some point. Was it? Was it twenty million miles to Earth? I mean, they've got them all. I mean, it's they're fantastic. Shit. I love it's watching just, a lot of them. It's just like just just get up, get baby. The schlockier, the better. Up. Works for me. What about you, Keith? Um, not a lot. Working, over there. sorting out stuff for the move. Um, watch the Wrath of Becky, which sequel to Becky, which for our listeners in the UK and Europe and Asia, Becky's now on Netflix. Nice. The that one's X-Men. not ringing a bell. One with um Lulu Wilson, um, who basically um, it's about a thirteen-year-old girl who gets retribution on people who break into her house. Oh, really? Revenge film. It's Uh, like uh, what's the one last house on the left, right? But the it's not the girl, but the parents. But it's sort of like that sort of premise, like where it's a girl getting revenge. Yeah, Um, and then the sequel, Wrath of Becky, but they all got really great reviews. Excellent, I highly recommend them. I've never seen it. Here in the United States, no, they're they're two movies. Here in the United States, they're on Showtime. Oh, cool. Nice. I highly recommend it. Lulu Wilson is excellent, and Sean. Um. What's it, Sean William Scott, the guy from American Pie? He's in the yeah. second one. Um, the guy who was in Mike and Molly, Kevin James. Oh yeah, okay. he plays the villain. Excellent. He does. Yeah, he's really scary as well. Really well done. Really. But um, and then um, watching, finishing up watching the morning show, so I can get ready for the new season of that when it starts in September, and that's it really. Just watching bits and bobs. Um, yeah, yeah, been watching some Alfred Hitchcock stuff, old Twilight Zone episodes, and old Alfred Hitchcock presents episodes. So, we watched a few more of those old Batman's on TV the other night ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found out the way to really appreciate those is get really high. <laughs> are you talking about the 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 forties versions? Uh, yeah, or are you talking old, yeah the old black and white ones? But it's it's, it's nobody it's acknowledges the Batman it years. It's the Batman no. years. It looks like somebody took. Two rolls of toilet paper and put dips on them, and I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. Nobody acknowledges those anymore, and I'm like, come on, they're they're. they're sh- I mean, they're they're schlocky, but they're still they're kind fun. of. They're a lot of fun. I don't know why I think about, it, but they're there because it says, you know, it says continue watching, and there it's there. It's like ah. The, it, I think the problem is the villains aren't as over the top, because like in one of them, one of the main villains is named Gabe, and it's like it's hard for me to like. Take it seriously, Gabe the like villain. This, yeah, Gabe. <laughs> but, I mean, they were um, they were just filler pieces in between the main features, weren't they? So, yeah, yeah. Serials. Yeah. yeah, there were uh, there were two of them. There was Batman, and then there was Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah. the Batman and Robin ones are the funny. Forget that the hand. I mean, the ears. And, and the uh, the the villain with the who's just a guy in a ski mask. <laughs> the the <laughs> what wizard. What the fuck is that? <laughs> he just wears a cape and a ski mask, and he's a supervillain now. Okay, cool. <laughs> hey, I get an A for originality, but at least get that. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if the Joker existed yet. I don't know when I don't the Joker think, I have character not seen him on any was created. Of any of those yet. So. Well, I mean, the Joker came out, what, in, episode, um, in the comic book number 12, 13? Yeah, yeah. Quite, he wasn't, it's, it's he wasn't the original. Huh? Yeah, because Batman before that was just um, he was a crime detective. Yeah, well, it's it, it's kind of like um, 
because I know that I know that Dick Tracy is going into the public domain in a few years. So I've been kind of looking at them and like, okay, I could actually write a Dick Tracy thing and not have to pay royalties for it, uh, and, and possibly be able to make something cheaply. And then I started looking at what like when the villains expire. And Flat Top didn't come out until like 15 years into the run. Yeah. So I'm like, wait a minute, I can't even do fl- I can't do Flat Top. I can't touch Flat Top. It's basically like the first years, like uh Big Boy Caprice is the first villain. And that's like probably the only one for a while yeah. that uh that you'll be able to do in the public domain. Because they I because think they, they all had weird faces, you can bring Madonna back and, and you don't have to put, use any makeup now. <laughs> all you gotta do is just stretch that but- shit. The FL facelift. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, she got she poor thing. She had a, she got an infection from her surgery. That's what caused her face. I mean, to go that's, like that. what, that's what photo yeah. filters. I, I'm actually, I'm just, I just wish she'd embrace the the age thing and just you know, just be classy. Just, just yeah, but Vicky, you know, everyone, not everyone's mind. happy looking ninety like yourself. So I am, I am <laughs> happy looking ninety. I, I I don't I don't know why you give him any ammo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, like, I've been, I've been so just, used to it, Joe. As soon as she said Mickey something the door, face, like, I just step in because I've been <laughs> like, I, just see, I saw Keith coming around the corner. And oh, I know. I should know better. But Keith, I can't Keith is like the little kid in the class like, raising his hand. Me, I can't me, go through life looking over my shoulder all the time, okay? <laughs> I'm used to it. It don't bother me. He just notice all goes, boom. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, that brings us to The Last Man on Earth, which is a 1964 post-apocalyptic science fiction horror film based on the 1954 novel I Am Legend by Richard Matheson. The film was published by Robert L. Lippitt and directed by Ubaldo Rogana and Sidney Salco. And stars Vincent Price and Franca Batoya. And I'm sure I'm massacring these Italian names, David. You are. <laughs> the screenplay was written in part by Matheson, but he was dissatisfied with the results and chose to be credited as Logan Swanson, William Lester, sir, Furio M. Montini, and Obago Rogana finished the script. The Last Man on Earth was filmed in Rome, with scenes being completed at Espinzol Universal Roma. <laughs> it was released in the United States to the American International Pictures. In the 1980s, the film entered the public domain. MGM Home Video, the current owners of the AIP film catalog, released a digital remastered widescreen version of the film on DVD in September 2005. And a Blu-ray version was released in the Vincent Price Collection in um, Volume 2. What we're going to do is cut to the trailer of The Last Man on Earth and be right back. Another day to live through. Better get started. Those cells are still living, Dr. Mercer. Off one another. There has to be an answer. You heard that all communications are ended outside the continental limits? Yes, I heard. That leaves it in our laps.
Podcast. We're discussing The Last Man on Earth from 1964. And starting with you, John, what are your thoughts on The Last Man on Earth? Uh, I, first of all, I never had seen this. It's if for anyone who wants to watch it, it's actually now, right now. I don't know if it's going to stay that way, but it's on YouTube for free. So I just kind of yes. did it. I always like, ser- I'm a YouTuber, so I'm always searching free movie. <laughs> so well, I found it on there and it's a great quality. So they did. That is good quality. It's, it's in the public domain, so it'll, it'll be yeah. there forever. Yeah, that's so, the one I want oh, to do. I, I was really, really impressed by this movie because I've never I had never seen it before. Um, there's just something about it that almost feels like a play to the way it's shot, the way it just um, you know, just there the way a it lot feels. Of actors, that's for sure. Yeah. The one thing it's like I did notice and I and it didn't I didn't know until after that it, it was a problem was the dubbing, the sound dubbing and having to do the recording of the voices over. Not specifically with him. I think it was more with the other scenes when they do the flashbacks and it's like his brother-in-law. It wasn't his brother or brother-in-law. And then there was like other people he's interacting with that they had to do the dubbing of the of the voices that I it kind of was pulling me out of the scene some of the time. So I read later about like, yeah, that was a that was a big that people felt it made it hokey and it made it feel like I more comical. Yeah. Well, it's. Well, it's it's uh, you know we we've talked about it on the podcast before, and uh, in Italy, uh, they didn't re- they didn't record sound on set, so everything was dubbed. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so everybody would come in, they'd speak their own language on set, and then it would be it would that be dubbed later on. The brother-in-law was probably the only other actor that I knew in this was the brother-in-law was played by Giacomo Rossi Stewart. Yeah. Who's in uh he is in a ton of movies. Uh, I think he was still working up until up until I think he died. Uh, I think he was he he was in a lot of uh, a lot of Italian horror movies. Uh, he worked worked for Joe D'Amato, Mario Bava, everybody under the sun. He was in everything. Um, I really I, I, like like John. I, I I really liked this. I hadn't seen it in a couple of years, um, and it's uh, I I forgot how dark some of it was, mm-hmm. like tonally, like. Vincent Price gathering up the bodies and then du- and then dumping them in the fire and the pit <laughs> yeah the, the the pit yeah the pit yeah. so uh so yeah this uh, this was a lot darker than I remembered it being maybe maybe back then I just because I watched it as a teenager maybe I just didn't understand the gravity of <laughs> of everything yeah. back then maybe I just didn't think it was well and also just the fact that him 
his routine every day was like going out and hunting. It yeah. wasn't really going out and curing, even though he was like a scientist and he was like, look, you know, like he worked in that sort of field. I found that very interesting. We'll talk about, you know, the remake of this and how that's different. Well, but the it, routine it, was the big deal of both movies, though. They had a routine. Yeah. But his his say. routine of really going out and wanting to just eradicate as many as he could. And he was trying to find like the nest. And like, oh, if I find the nest and I can. But I mean, just the scene, the little montage scene where he's going from house to house and he's like, oh, found one. <laughs> and he's like, ah, ah, and like staking them. It was like, oh, my God. He's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> he literally was just going around, like killing them. And he had a special um, machine to make them perfectly home. <laughs> yeah. But you imagine know? your routine is just like you get up and you're like, I'm going to make some steaks, you know, and then yeah. get in the car and I'm going to drive out. You know, well, it was interesting like watch it but i found like he he had all hope of saving them or coming that well, i think wanted but, to. but i think that once his daughter died and then his wife that's kind of when he changes doesn't yeah. it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so well he, he was also always in resistance to the problem at hand because he had been notified and then each time you know, his colleague kept telling him this is what's going on or, you know, or was it his colleague or was it, I always forgot if it was him or his brother was telling what was going on. And he was like, no, it's fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> and, then, and then like the day of it happening, you know, then it's like, you know, why he goes in his door. There's like a mirror and garlic and he's what's going on. It's like, you know, what's going on. You just refuse to believe it. And, and he believes it until it's too late. And then it's like once his wife attacks him, he's like, yep, I guess this is real. You know, then it's like, you know, it's in his face. He has to believe it, you know, but it, but it kind of mirrors, it kind of mirrors a little. Oh, sorry. No, was this supposed to be shot in L.A., but they shot it in Rome? Because there was something it's about it's set, set in America, but it's supposed to be. But it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's all, clearly it's Italy. It's yeah, yeah it's I'm clearly just saying, Italy, just look yeah. at the trees, okay? It, yeah. I mean, it felt very much. I even thought it was Greece because at one point with the hills and the way that you know. Well, it was the trees. You know those t- those those trees that got certain um, trees in Italy. Cypress. Those... They're like cypress. Yeah, again. yeah. yeah that's <laughs> If you're thinking LA, you're probably thinking of the Omega Man, which was the Maybe, second version. because well, this yeah. is kind of like the Omega Man too, wasn't it? The well, movie- they're, all, they're all based on the same. They're all based story. on. Yeah, the they're same, all yeah. based on the same novel. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think that um, I mean, it's quite interesting because reflecting this after the whole COVID thing, but reflecting on this. There's that whole thing about if you look at our countries of like this, like when it was over in China, it's like, oh, it's never gonna get here, it's never gonna get here. And then yeah. when it got here, and then when it got here, there's even people like, you know, oh, it's still not happening, it's still not happening. So there so it's quite interesting to actually see that because you know, because we kind of all experienced that firsthand the kind of thing like, oh, it's, ne- we're, it's never gonna get here, it's never it's never yeah. gonna affect here. And then of course when it does hit, even when it hits, people are still like, oh. Well, I also liked how they use the term that it's coming on the wind and they kind of have the article. And when he shows the article to him, it's like it's in the air. And that that kind of was a very mysterious element they used throughout the beginning of the film where, you know, him him looking out the window as his daughter's sick in bed and you see the winds blowing and the trees and everything. And then there's another scene where he's like chasing, um, I forget what her name is, but he's chasing her and it's windy. And so they use that kind of like on the wind is how this carried and kept going. I can't remember how it started. Did they, I can't, how did it start? This particular bat, bat bites. Yeah. Bat bites. Okay. Yeah. I can remember. Vampire bat bites. Yeah, which is rabies. Kind of which is kind of rabies. Hokey. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. 
Those but, poor bats, they always get blamed for everything. Because even uh, the movie Contagion was like that, where you find out it's a bat who poops into a thing, and then that's how they all they get the virus <laughs> and die and stuff. So it's like these poor bats blame them for everything. <laughs> we, we were I even guess. blaming them for COVID. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess this movie inspired George Romero to do Night of the Living Dead, too. Yeah, this definitely did. Um, you could see it, though, especially the scenes at night yeah. when they're all like, oh, Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> it like, these poor guys, like, they just, they have no life. They're like, we're just going to do this every night until he lets us in. But why were they calling for his name? This is one thing I cannot understand. What's that? Why he was were they calling for his name? Because they kept, he kept killing all of them. Yeah, them. yeah. Yeah, but then if there's zombie, what part of the brain is actually active um, to understand what was going on? It's, it's a bit weird. Zombies, they're they're vampires. Yeah, they're I vampires. Guess the part but they look like zombies. Yeah. Well, no, so I, th- I think you look at it, the because we, you know, not to jump straight to the end, but you look at there's almost two types of vampires. There's almost like ghoul-type vampires right, that right. Have, have basically starved. I think the ones that are very healthy-ish are the ones who have eaten and, like, are... Well, well like the girl that comes in and the ghoulish loves, ones that just have well, it's like that him. girl they're part vampire part human so yeah but they need his blood to make some kind of anti-vaccination venom. no the reason why she came there was not to she was there to to kind of figure out what he is and then to just hold him there so they can right. come kill him so that's what her job was him. yeah but they weren't. They weren't looking for a cure. I think they now. just knew they evolved into something else, and they were fine with that. And so they were like, "We just killing need him to stop killing people. You know, killing us, and then you know, let us let us live they our lives." They probably would be better off without the humans having them. They evolved into both because yeah. we're just going to fuck with them anyway. So they're probably right. Kill all the humans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are no humans left anyway. He's. I mean, he's the last one. Yeah. I guess you wouldn't call them humans. They were humans once. They were some semblance of humans. Well, they're vampires. They come out at night, and that's why the garlic and the mirrors and the yeah, the garlic, the garlic now. That and part then, was like that part is a little hokey because I'm like you kind of like really threw hokey. that in. You threw that in as like really now you're placating to vampires where it's like it, as opposed to there was like, you know, a line of is this like the evolution to what we are. Right. And we just die and then we evolve into this other thing. Right. And then they're more like zombies than vampires, though. No, not <laughs> not the society was that saying. was not the society that was in in the church. I mean, I'm assuming no. I'm assuming. Um, so when he was waking up and the, the ones are corpses that were laying on the ground, those the ones that were attacking his house, eventually right. that's them because either they've either right. starved to death and they just die. Right. Whereas the vampires that are like the ones that were cognitive and, and apparently have really good fashion sense. Cause they all were dressed in black and they were like, literally like at the end, they're all perfectly clean. So I was like, look, they're living their lives. I mean, Undead uh, lives, yeah. but like they're living and they're they're doing living their best undead life. Yes, yeah. they are. But I guess I mean I guess you know if you talk if you talk about evolution anyway, and let's sit there and say that man evolutes to the next thing, we're not. That doesn't mean that every single species of man is going to evolve. Right, level. True. Yeah, you're going to get something that can de-evolve. Then, whenever any species evolves, you get this, some species that de-evolve. The de-evolution. Yeah. yeah, and then what happens? Then they die out. They won't reproduce and they become sterile and all the other stuff. And the evolved one is the one that becomes more potent and takes over. Right. So, so I mean, there is some, I mean, I mean, another thing, I mean, we were looking at a 1954 novel anyway, and I'm kind of wondering if Richard Matheson's was, 
I mean, at this time, I mean, this is just before I started writing for Twilight Zone. This is well, this was supposed to be a Hammer film. It was but, supposed um, to be a Hammer film. Well, the film, but the book, the book itself is just before. It's before we started writing for Twilight Zone. He right, wrote the book right. Before that time, he came and right I, after the Creeping Unknown and all that. And I'm kind of wondering <laughs> if, um, with his writing and everything like that, it's uh, you know, he admits that he probably could have done a little bit more research. Oh, on this, oh, really? you know. So, but you know, at that time, it's like you know the the vampire, the universal vampire movies are coming back into recyclation and all the other stuff. And, you know, so I think he took those themes and stuff like that. So, and, you know, it does, it does, it does have that 1950s sensibility as far as, I mean, I know the film's 1960s, but the novel, it takes it from the novel. The novel has a lot of 1950s sensibilities added into it. You know, the nuclear family and all, so on and so forth. So I think that's probably what carried it over. But I guess if you take out the, you know, the vampirism and stuff like this, or the zombie situation, and look at it, simple fact that, you know, they they evolved and this disease has happened, and then it's made these people this way, it's made these people this way, and you're the only person who hasn't gotten the disease. Yeah, and I think it's you know I think that is probably more of his you know seems more of his point situation, because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, in a way, he's kind of helping the higher species in a way by clearing a lot of things out but at the same time because he doesn't know that they evolved mentally yeah and, and educationally that in fact that they probably could have lived as one yeah but, well and it was almost they like see, too, they see him as an enemy he's killing them well it's also it was too late because once he realized what she was like she like once he realized what she was he was like kind of going to kill her and then he realized Oh wait, I'm wrong. Like, and then he he realized like he what he thought he was doing was like eradicating something that shouldn't be there. And he was like, now should I be here? Like, and like, and then it was like, let me try to help you. And then he he tries to help her, but then it's like it's too late. Like in the momentum. And I remember reading saying that they changed. They had an alternate ending, right, where it was like that he didn't end up getting the cure. Like she wasn't able to get the cure and they still killed him. Or it was like a different type of ending. So morally ch kind of changes it a bit. Like it's like morally he kind of dies and, and it dies. And it's like, even though they have a cure, it doesn't, you know, there's no purpose to it, you know, but in a way he kind of died at this time anyway. I mean, you can see, I mean, I, that's what I quite liked about Vincent Price's performance because as he's going through his routine, he's not enjoying life you can tell that he's no. not he's, he's already in, dead yeah. yeah yeah he's already dead inside he's been dead inside for a long time, long time. and even yeah, and even when years. he shows up and they kill i mean in the final scene where he dies you can see that he's welcomed he's welcome to be dead he's welcomed it i mean yeah. he pretty much just walked into them it's almost like he's he's offered himself there here just kill me if you need to yeah. i don't really need to, need for you to save me because if you yeah. think of yourself, if you're in that situation and you're basically the last of your species or the last of who you are, and this is your routine, no human contact, eat, you know, you get up, you're eating to survive, you have yeah. to go out, and then you got that hanging outside your door, so you're never going to sleep a good day, a good night. Yeah. And during the day, you got to get yourself done during the day, because at night, yeah. you're not, you're not going to have that freedom to go and do anything. So you're just locked yeah. in the house. Well, and it also to you in this, you hear his thoughts because you get this narration that he is explaining his day, like, right, like it's another day and then I only have this much food or like and he talks, he, he talks to us and he lets the audience know what's literally going on in his mind. So that 
it makes it set a little bit deeper because like if you when we go into the other film you don't get to know contextually how his thought patterns are working you get to buy his actions and this you kind of lit, literally it's like another day it's like today okay is another movies. day you know until we like get checking to the dog. I refuse to watch either of these movies ever again just because of the dogs. Well, the dog, the dogs are also just meant to, the dogs are meant to be that glimmer of hope, right? And just, yeah, and right away. It's it's companionship in a world where there's no companionship. Yeah, Yeah. and it was a sad ending to that part of the story. And, and to be honest, it's like, you know, it's kind of there because without that, he he has no more. That's the only. I mean, in this version of it, the dog shows up, and all of a sudden he has a spark of humanity. Right. He has no humanity until the dog shows up, and then he gets right. a little bit of humanity, and then of course the dog expires. But that was his last bit of humanity, and when that dog expires, that was his last glimmer of hope gone as well. Well, and and he had to, he had to kill it. So that I mean, what was yeah. really sad is like him burying with the stake inside. Yeah. I was like. They really had to go there. They couldn't have just said it died. It was literally like the stake is hanging outside well, of it I mean, while he's like Smith putting it in. The... Is, the Will Smith version is ten times worse. Yeah, times yeah. Worse. But at, yes. that, at that same time, I mean, we'll get into that film because I also feel there's a bit of stupidity there. What happened with that poor dog? See? But it, it like this dog was like clearly he didn't know. Took it in, gave it a bath. There's a glimmer of hope, and then it's like, oh no it's it's infected and then it was like well is it and then all of a sudden next scene all you see is a steak hanging out of it and you're like oh well yep that didn't work out so much for man's best friend but i I think but i think another thing that's quite interesting is is that he doesn't know that that why everything that he's killing he thinks is you know it's on this you know it's on this level but maybe if he didn't kill the dog, maybe yeah. it w- maybe it would have been one of the others. And yeah. that's the thing. And I think that's what I think that when he finds out all that, if that's why I think he'd go. I mean, he drives and offers himself to them. He drives yeah. to that church. You know, it's like as soon as he finds out and she goes running off, he's not running after her. He's like, you know, she's he's, human he, now. So why is she running? Because she would be their enemy, too, because he cured her. No, she's not. They're not killing him because he's human. He's they, they're killing him because he's murdering them. Yeah, he, yeah. It's like kill him before they kill. He kills. Okay, us, that's right. right. So, that's right. right. Yeah. Uh, though the is, question is, if you've had such numbers, why wait? So I don't know why they waited because it feels like that's that's a little weird because it's been three years, right? So why, why wait three years? In a you know, city that big. I would be heading to the country, out in the middle of East Shipipi, yeah. away from anything that resembled a city. You know, who would, was, you're going to Well, it was, but don't forget, he was still in the home that it was his home, right? It wasn't right. like he was in a random home. He was, right. he was in the home where I, I think you, when you his love someone, it's like, his if you daughter, go back to like the walking, look at like walking dead and stuff like that. Some of those people, they couldn't leave their home because it's that, that's like, right. it's the last of what I have because they're but, gone. Right. But I mean, it's I, would, also, I would get the hell out of Dodge. It's also the survival thing because you know, these things come out at night. So unless like like you 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 could fortify your home, but right. you can only go so far until daylight's gone, right. and then you're at their mercy if you if you're not yeah. fortified somewhere else. If you're but they were so home, slow though. 
Yeah, I yeah. also, I mean, part of what I laughed to is like you really—he didn't really fortify his home. Let's be clear, because there's many times. I didn't think it was There's many times that the door was all. open. Like he just opened the door, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. and he just pushes through him. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, like all the only turn the knob, and it's like, here, let me, let me, and his even his wife goes open, and he just opens the door, and I'm like, really? Like there's literally like no <laughs> lock. Like what? <laughs> but I mean, to answer Vicky's query though you have to remember though they might move slowly but as we know by george romero if you just because they move slowly if you get them on mass they're gonna kill you yeah you cannot run them after a while yeah they're not gonna be dead dawn of the dead day of the dead i mean yes but there's also along and eventually they get yeah <laughs> when train to busan they were booking in that one so yeah they're not either, they're either like movie. snails or they run like leopards you know Train to Busan is like awesome movie. It's like I know that there's uh, there's an American remake coming out because God forbid we please don't ruin it. They're I know don't ruin it. I actually I never saw the other train one because there's Train <laughs> to Busan and then there's the other one that's a different there's the Peninsula. Peninsula, yeah, which I wanted to watch out when I didn't. Oh, see I haven't it. seen that one yet either. It's I think okay. the, I think Train the American remake starring Russell Crowe probably. It's <laughs> up. <laughs> and he's a possessed pope in a possessed <laughs> with pope, zombies. Yeah. And he throws his phone at his assistant. Oh my god! They're, why are they going to make an American version? You can't beat that. Because we always fuck with things and we always make it worse. So why not? You know, the, the multitude of Americans won't watch anything that they have to read. No, they're yeah, stupid. True. I'll say yeah. it. I don't care who I'm insulting. You're missing out. <laughs> you're missing out on a lot. We talked <laughs> yeah, about this during Infernal Affairs. We, yeah, you know, you, you're you're missing out on a lot if you refuse to. Read the rest, re the rest of the world does it. So. Just South Korean horror alone. Holy shit, man! Japanese. Yeah, there's horror. some there's some great stuff out there that if you're if you're refusing to read subtitles, you are missing out on. They're also they're really good at like poking at lore and that's how they sort of envelop these oh, stories i even watched the cure weird. the other day go because of joe i finished watching it oh yeah what'd you think of it i loved it i loved I, it i i was amazed i'd never heard of it but i i went on letterbox i didn't I think this... it was the scariest movie i thought it was very intense and well, yeah scary. i mean i think it's a little over but on on letterbox they have a list of uh based on user ratings the top 250 horror movies ever made it and this good. was like this was like the like number five or six. Yeah, which I, I'm not. I, I don't. I'm not going to agree that it this was is in the fifth, top ten. It was in fifth, the top or, fifth or sixth greatest horror movie ever made. Maybe maybe not that, but Cure is really really good. Really really. Uh, good. It's a Japanese film uh, by the director of uh, of Pulse. Uh, yeah. Came out in 1997. It's very very good. But I, I I was looking at the list and this was the top rated horror movie based on you know again based entirely on, on user feedback. Uh, this was a top-rated horror movie that I'd never seen, so I was like, "Well, what the hell? Let me let me check it out." And then it's good. I don't I, I don't agree. It's the fifth or sixth greatest horror movie ever made, but I it, don't think so either. But it was but very, it's very good. It was good. I kept my interest, and I felt bad for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. felt bad for everyone. <laughs> Let's rate um, Last Man on Earth, starting with you, David. What are your thoughts? What's your thoughts and ratings of Last Man on Earth? Did you hate it? Yeah, give it a four. No more than <laughs> oh, that. you liked it. He likes it. 
So it. I, I liked it. Um, <laughs> I actually find interesting. Vincent Price seems quite interesting as an actor. Funny enough, do you, do you remember from when I told you last time I was watching The Muppets Show? Oh, it was yeah. an episode in season one when actually Vincent Price appeared. It was like, right. oh, look at the incident. Yeah. It seems I love like quite like an interesting actor. I liked the way he acted in the movie. Just uh, there was something that I couldn't understand. So instead of being scared like a normal human in the story felt like he was just oh the daughter is dead or oh, whatever oh the wife is dead and oh, whatever the dog yeah, yeah he was pretty him. complacent <laughs> yeah yeah so, like, oh, so i just my I, family's I dead so, yeah so they, they were kind of expressing at least that's the way i understood it they were expressing like the fear of the unknown the fear of death and everything and yes this guy was in survival mode but at the same time it was a bit off Maybe it was written that way. I'm not entirely sure. Well, uh, the director um, said he hated the screenplay and how. It was oh, there written. we go. Because no, I couldn't I see Richard Matheson, the writer of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. It's just I didn't so there see was, any there's, mental there was health issues. There was something going on you know? that end. I didn't see any mental health issues, which actually in the other story, and then we'll talk about it later. We, we saw, you know, and at least a glimpse of it. He was like. You know, just, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was because it was done in the old days. I don't really know, but it was a bit mm, interesting. It was, it was, and, it was slow. Well, I think, I think it's, yeah. a pro- I think it's a product of its time because back then. Maybe that, yeah. Maybe there's that. the, uh, there's the <clears throat> idea that if you're, that if you're a man, you can't show emotion. Yeah, you can't be. Maybe that's true. Maybe that plays into it because, I mean, God, this is were made. Were we doing that in the early 60s? Yeah, this is made, yeah, this is made yeah. in the 60s. Yeah. So, yeah, it's got to be. Well, I, look at I how the look at how the wife even talked to him and was like, you know, the a perfect scene was, oh, honey, just go back to bed. You're not feeling well. No, honey, you no, you go read your paper. And he's yeah. like, okay, <laughs> like, like basically, like whatever. <laughs> you know, you're the you're the wifey. You're gonna go take care. Well, of the I knew that was the '50s mentality where the yeah. woman, you know, and all that stuff. The the typical housewife masculinity. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I mean, I think I, I think that I think that's probably why he yes. he wasn't really showing much emotion. I think it's I think the movie's a product of its time. Uh, because Maybe, when, yeah, you get, when you get to the '70s, when you get to Charlton Heston uh, in the okay. Omega Man. He's showing a little bit more emotion, and then we'll we'll talk. Charlton Heston not show emotion. Charlton Heston is just emotion. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. The funny thing is, like, I think the cast thing. I think they got. Well, Vincent Price is usually so much more over the top than this. Yeah, like in almost he he's very movie. tame in this movie. He's yeah, I think that's probably how they wanted him played because he's. Uh, and, and- in the episode of the Muppets, it was OTT over the top, and oh, I was oh, like, yeah. "Okay, he's he usually Dracula. was. <laughs> he was funny." Yeah, like, this is more of his Laura acting, like when he first came to Hollywood, like when he did Laura and things like that. Yeah, and, and which Laura. I love. By the way, Laura is a great movie. Um, and um, Dragon Wick. Oh, Dra- Dragon Wick is another oh, great one. Yeah. They're kind of on, and for uh, they're they're kind of on the outs. Like, well, Laura's a straight up film noir. Dragon Wick's kind of like on the on the cusp of being horror because it's kind of that old, um, uh, yeah, that 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 old <laughs> gothic windswept mansion kind of thing, like Rebecca. So yeah, that's uh, both of those are fantastic. By the way, if you want to see a greater Lee Vincent Price performance. Because I mean, yeah. Vincent Price's um, over the topness kind of came with his Roger Corman years, and then kind of carried on yeah. after that. And, yeah. and then, and then, of course, he started dialing it back with things like Edward Scissorhands and Wales of August. And when he got older, and yeah, he so. became well, more yeah. dapper, macabre. <laughs> 
Yeah. 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 Kind of in the seventies, it kind of became like that. And then, yeah, into the eighties. But yeah, I, I, I love Vincent Price. I, I can watch any of his movies almost at any time. <laughs> That's the thing. You have to have a really strong actor in a role like that. And I think it was just the smartest for them to, to be able to put him in that position because he well, holds thought, that character and throughout well, Richard Matheson thought he was miscast. And yeah, it's funny because I don't think he was miscast because in this role, because you're stuck with this actor all the way through, you get that. Yeah, I, I mean, I was mesmerized. I watched, I, I was glued to him the whole time. And I think that's important. And and you also couldn't you couldn't also he he's a he's a handsome man, but he's also an oddly handsome man. You couldn't have someone extremely dapper playing that role because then it would take away from the it just take away from the the downward descent of senility in some ways when he's going through these moments of. I'm just going through the day and like, and, and him trying to even like go out and hunt and stuff. You couldn't have someone who was like this, like gorgeous actor in there playing this type of character. You needed someone who had this yeah, sort of like macabreness right. to him. Yeah, you know? weird charm. A little bit of and charm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought, I mean, I thought he's, I liked him in this role, actually. I think he's yeah. underrated in this role. But I mean, then again, I am a huge Vincent Price fan. Yeah, I mean, I, doll, I got a Vincent Price doll. I got a Vincent Price bobblehead. So yeah, I might Vincent Price that. does no wrong in my household either. Yeah. He has no bad performance. In- and and I love that he does narrate in it because like he because there isn't much voice in the scenes. I'm glad they whoever made that decision to be like let's add some narration because in general he's just an amazing narrator like and i love just hearing his voice so it was like good to see these scenes where he would just talk about his day and talk about his like you know how boring and how mundane every day every day like that can you imagine it kind of reminded me of burgess meredith in that one twilight zone where he's well, the re-reads and he breaks his glasses. Oh, uh, yeah. Time enough yeah. at last. But he can't read them now. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, you do put yourself in that question, right? Like, how how would you survive? Like, because there's a lot of people that just say, oh, nope, I'm out. <laughs> and then there's others like, yeah, I guess I would fight or, I would try or maybe to I would do, you know, Wouldn't like. you try to survive, you know? You, you know, try to you? survive, but then your, your descent to madness would be. You would have to really create a routine for yourself, which we'll see. But, that, but like, like when we get to the second the one, yeah. that's when, when Will Smith was studying. I think he did some of this for that one. He talked to people that were in solitary confinement yeah. to yeah. do the role. So, and, I mean, there and was he still there gave was the acting research. performance that he gave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm just saying the actor didn't research Keith. I think it's also I mean, like he he didn't just interview people who were incarcerated. He interviewed people that had this sort of moral conviction about themselves, about how they were feeling about the decisions they've made. And so it was important for that specific yeah. character. But yeah. I, I would say for this film, I mean, just to carry on, I probably would give it four Morgans. I mean, it was to me a good film. Uh, I do agree with you. I, I do agree with, you know, what David is saying about the the absence of emotions and that it could have been placated on the time but then i noticed even when his wife dies and his kid dies there was zero he's just like oh whatever there was zero i would say like future (laughs) version of him three years of just living in deprecation i probably would have zero emotions too but like that was maybe they just wrote him they just wrote it away for him maybe that's why uh, who said it he didn't like the the, uh, 
I'm kind of taking the, the simple fact that he was a scientist, and scientists have no emotions. Yeah. Because if you look at films of any time during this point, mm. any, any times when they're whenever the person's like a man of science, they're just analytical. <laughs> they have like well, no it's an analytical, and then he goes into it's like action, right? So like when when he yeah, comes home okay. and the and the child is gone, he rushes to try to get the child back, and so there is this like an intensity to him, but there's no like, please, you know, please make me my child. Like there's none of that. Unless, it's like, unless he's a bit traumatized, kid, I don't really know. The kid in this truck or which truck, you know? Well, I think I think it has to do with the male role at this time period because the thing is, the male, the woman can fall apart, but the man can't. God, I would not have lasted long in any society like this. And, and, <laughs> you know, and, the, and the thing is, is like, you know, and the way that the male stereotype is, it's just, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're watching, you know, a Gary Cooper film or yeah. a Western or a drama. I mean, even if it's like Madame X, John Forsyth and Madame X around the <laughs> same time, yeah. you know, you know. He finds out that Lana Turner is, you know, his wife and, you know, and he's just very stoic. We were watching Mildred I mean. Pierce the other night ago, and really, seriously, women, they, they just had a totally different role in society. I mean, the men are just overbearing. Sorry, yeah, guys. But, but I, think, I think it's, but I do think it's a product of its, its time. It's as a product of its time, yeah. Yeah, exactly. right. As Joe was saying, because just if you look at things other things at this then. time, I mean, you know, if, you know, even, you know, even if you look at In True Blood, which came out a couple years later, you know, and the father, you know, the, the, you know, the father's tied up to the chair as his, as the mother and his children are being killed, which is a true case. He's kind of just sitting there going, not even, <laughs> I mean, not knowing any emotion, <laughs> yeah. no scaredness or anything like that. And, you know, and I do think that's probably just product of the time. Interestingly enough, the same year that this was made for Vincent Price was also made the mask of the red death and the tomb of Lygia the same year. Oh, wow. Hey. Oh, now see, he had lots of character in the Tomb of Lightyear, <laughs> and in Mask of the Red Death is Prospero. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. fantastic in that too. It's interesting that awesome Mask of the Red Death, both is. movies dealing with uh, dealing with a sort of plague, both came out at the same time because uh, Mask yeah. of the Red Death was uh, obviously about what the great movies that and Tomb of Lightyear dealing with the death of your wife. Yeah. I still can't figure out whether her eyes opened in the casket did the little glass thingy or they went, I don't know. I can remember her eyes just open. It's just like that. Because <laughs> she had those creepy, scary eyes with the false eyelashes like they used to back then. Yeah. So what are you, what, how, what are you going to rate it, Joe? Uh, it's going to be uh, four Morgans as well because uh, <clears throat> I, I really enjoyed this version of it. Um, really like Vincent Price in it. A totally understated Vincent Price performance, yeah. not not his usual over the top manner. Nope. Um, and if uh, if you're you know if you're a fan of his, you're, you're probably gonna you're you're gonna like this regardless. But like Keith said, this is more his uh, more his understated noir uh, noir Vincent Price than the over the top uh, Corman movies. Uh, so yeah, it's very very good. I love the Italian uh, the Italian landscapes in this too. It's beautifully shot. Uh, so yeah, it, it's darker than I remembered it, and that that really that was really cool with me too. And it, it moves pretty it moves pretty swiftly because uh, I think it's only like eighty minutes, right? I watched it a couple weeks ago. I think it's only like eighty minutes long. Uh, so yeah, definitely check it out. Um, also, uh, friends of the show at Hexen Arcane. 
uh celeste just um just hosted this on her show and that's up on youtube if you want to watch it give them a view uh watch it with them um or i think it's just celeste on that episode but yeah give them a view there uh it's very very worth uh very worth watching uh so yeah definitely four morgans for me what do you stuff vix Four Morgans. I would have given it five, but I don't like movies that kill the dog. I, <laughs> I, I won't watch either one of these films ever again just because of the goddamn dog. She would have kept the she would have kept the zombie dog. And I could watch people get blown up all day long, but when it comes to animals, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it was actually Vincent Price. It is Joe's right. It's an underrated. Because he's not really over the top. And you're probably right about the the male emotion thing. And I mean, at this point, you know, who's going to have that much emotion in that kind of world? I mean, you're just fucked. You might as well, you know, embrace yeah. the madness, so to speak. So, yeah, but it's definitely a strong four. I'd be a strong five if they wouldn't kill the dog. <laughs> I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this a five because to me when I what I like about this is that first it's an understated Vincent Price. It's one of those movies that's kind of one of my favorites, but it's also like because it's my favorite, same way that I love City of the Dead with Christopher Lee. Yeah, I love City it's of just, the Dead. That's like my favorite old movie, like ever. But it, ever, it's ever. just like it's it's seeing your classic actor that you love, like Christopher Lee or Vincent Price in this case, and then seeing them do something totally different. Yeah, it and is fun so, watching them do something different. And it, because it's because it's a, it's a a low profile film. It's, it, when I when I when I think of this film, it's like I feel like I discovered it. Did they do a lot of marketing on this back in the day? Well, I mean, it did its job, but of course, because you know, this was this was an English, a British release. I don't think I think the people in the UK I read were upset because it took them a month to get it after it came out in America, and it was made in the uk or that area well something about whoever had the rights but they said it was released where did i see it was released here earlier than it was released over in the uk for some reason i don't remember say where to go now well that's yeah it's just aip that you know yeah uh, yeah because then the longest was was um whatever region it was like took longer i imagine it was a drive-in movie yeah Yeah. it was released in may 7th and 64 as a double bill with circus fours and got its Italian premiere. Oh, it was the Italians that got screwed on this one. August 19th of 64, under the title, Lu Ultimo Uma Della Terra. Did I kill that? But, yes. uh, <laughs> He's like, you I chopped it out. Okay. Ultimo Uomo Della Terra. He has butchered at least 20 different <laughs> languages, and these people will never come back on our show. Okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I mean, um, you know, I, I mean, I think. I mean, I think it probably got a bit overshadowed if you look at Mask of the Red Death and Tomb of Ligia coming out the same year. You know? Yeah. And, you know, and I mean, you know, I mean, he, Vincent Price has made th- hundreds and hundreds of movies. But how many has that man made? He's got... You know when you made you know when you made a lot of movies that after you when you go on Wikipedia and you have their bio and everything like that, yeah. they, they have to put it separately. So many selected filmography. Yeah. <laughs> selected. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like uh, he's made so many we can't even name all of them. Well, whoever yeah. wrote this, we, we, we know, need it, we need its own we need its own um page for itself. So, um <laughs> So yeah, so I'm at you know. So when I think of Last Man on Earth, I think of it's you know it's it's, a, it's like an undiscovered kind of Vincent Price movie because 
he's come out with so many that the other ones kind of take presence over this one. And that's what I like. Same like with Christopher Lee. So no right. one mentioned City of the Dead at all. Yeah. You know, no one thinks that, that is such a good movie. That movie scared the fucking shit out of me when I was a little girl. <laughs> I was so scared. I was like five first time I seen it. I had to go sleep with my big brothers. My parents were out that night and I got a sleeping bag and got between their bugs because I was <laughs> petrified. And that movie has stayed with me ever since as my favorite horror film to this day. Filtering really? out uh filtering out documentaries about him, Vincent Price made 138 movies. Damn. Most of them, most of them horror. So that's crazy. Yeah. You know what? He embraced that though. He knew he probably wasn't going to get that Oscar role. Well, you know, again, it's, it's he's he's it's a people like that. You gotta love. Well, he um, he's got a look to himself. So that's what I'm saying. I think you embrace your look. Times, you know, he was, uh, up he was for ne- one, never right? up for one. He got. Oh wait, was he? Oh, maybe for the for the early noirs. He he got a lifetime achievement award in '91. But as far as him embracing horror, he uh, there was a, an interview with him that. Um, I think Ted Newsom did in the, the the right before he died, where he said basically in the early 1950s because you had the rise of the method, James Dean and all those those actors starting to come up. He said my my kind of actor had to disappear into the costume pictures. So it was either I embrace yeah. it or I don't work. Yeah. yeah. So he's well, so he made he, that one movie. It was an early movie. It was called Song of Bernadette with Jennifer Jones, and that yeah. one. I'm talking, that is like having two, that they just gotta have a lot of handkerchiefs for that one. Cause I mean, I'm like bawling by the end of that movie every time it comes out. He should have got an Oscar, at least nominated. He might, he might have gotten nominated for it. I, I'll, I'll look that up while, while we, uh, while, while we talk real quick. Um, I know that he did like, I think he, I think he was in films that were for Oscars, like The Private Lives of Elizabeth and Elizabeth and Essex and Tara. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and the House of the Seven Gables and things like that. So, uh, you're I I, th- I th- thought you were about to mention Tower of London. The way he dies in the in the 1939 Tower of London is one of the greatest death scenes I've ever seen. <laughs> or he's uh, drowned in the vat of wine. Oh, that's um, right. Let me oh, see. He's also in the Ten uh, Commandments as well. Can't forget that one. Everybody was in the Ten Commandments. <laughs> oh my God, he was supposed to be the master butcher in the Ten Commandments. Yeah, that's what he's, he never got nominated for an Academy Award. Amazing. No, he didn't. It was funny. I, I was Googling it too. It said Peter O'Toole, as well as Marilyn Cary Grant or Vincent, never won. An uh, Oscar. Cary, Grant, well, Cary Grant was never nominated? Or he he never was nominated, won? but he never won. None of them never won. I was going to say Cary Grant, I thought, was nominated a few times. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Vincent Price, I know he got a Lifetime Achievement Award like right before he died. Yeah. Um, Why did they have to wait to give you a lifetime achievement award that long? Because you get to enjoy it for a week before you crap out. I mean, well, that's because you have to have a lifetime of work, and you're not going to give a guy a lifetime achievement award at 22. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying, true. I would have appreciated it more 30 years ago. <laughs> I think they just do it as a way of saying you're almost dead, so here. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what they're saying. Dude, Versus you're already dead. Now here's oh, your kids going to get was, it. Or your there's a film festival in Cleveland where I've I've won a couple of times with a, with a couple of the films I've made, and one year I was there with uh, with Sean, and they were like, you know, um, you've won so many times, we want to put you in our Hall of Fame, and I'm like, dude, I'm 35. I don't want to. I don't want to be given a fucking you know yeah. kind of lifetime because that that signals that I'm at the end. Yeah, you're like yeah. I have a lot more to do. Don't give me it now. Like, like, I'm, I'm, yeah, mind. I was like 35 years old at that point. I was like, I don't want to be given a Hall of Fame thing. No, dude, let's save that for when I 
when I do something bigger, maybe towards the end, or give it to me posthumously if I die next week. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't give it to me when I'm in my 30s. Well, I mean, Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> never won an award, did he? No, no I, well, he he never won for Best Director, but he has he one did. Best Picture winner. Rebecca, Isn't all that shit basically rigged anyway. I, I think it's... Uh, Pretty the, much, because again... The the board that manages all of the rating system, we don't know who the fuck they are. Well, <laughs> literally the, it's like... the problem with the Academy Awards, they got themselves stuck in this rut where they and it's it's a it's a constant it's a constant uh, thing because what they do is they go, you know, this person here, we should have given it to him twenty five years ago for this movie, but we right. didn't, and now, now we want to yeah. give it to him before he dies. Well, that's what they did with Jamie Lee Curtis, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what, well. That's what I feel he did with Jamie Lee Curtis. I feel he did that with Scorsese with The Departed too, because The Departed, as much as much as I love that movie, he should have won it for Raging Bull. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, or I bring Raging Bull didn't win, did it? Or Goodfellas. Um. I and I bring I bring up this specific year all the time. How did Goodfellas? Uh, 19, I get it. 1974, Best Actor. The nominees who didn't win were Al Pacino for The Godfather Part Two, Jack Nicholson for Chinatown, Albert Finney for Murder on the Orient Express, um, and Dustin Hoffman as Lenny Bruce. But do you know who the winner was that year against those four? No. It was uh, uh, Art Carney for Harry and Tonto. No way! What? Stop. So yeah, think about but, that. But look at the four people who haven't won, and in the next ten years they would all win. They all, they, they but all also, but also they would say to the 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 they would say that the votes go against because it gets divided. So it's similar yeah. to you never you never as an actor or actress want to be against your co-star. Why do they get to vote? Because if you Why are against your co-star, then you're Why screwed. Why don't they leave it up to popular vote, actually? No, 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 no. 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 Do don't. not do that. Because yeah. suddenly you're going to get fucking Spider-Man winning Best Picture. We don't Well, no, you'll, you'll get what, what's equivalent <laughs> to Also, America. people don't like popular vote after all. Okay. No, because, because like, for example, like American Idol, the problem with that show became with people started want. to be the other vote. And that, that vote would be like, that's what won, not the person who actually really had talent what is it with in. marvel i mean well, i actually cannot count all the movies they have made right well, now they've oversaturated yeah, i mean the thing is you, you you can't you can't trust the population to do anything right anyway no, correct. You can't. correct we because are a species i'll, I'll, I'll give you a, i'll give you a story over here about our american idol or we called it pop idol here <laughs> and they the thing is is that they would vote these people in and they would get a recording career and of course after a year or two they kind of disappeared but their single would sell so the public over here um, decided to start voting for this girl. She could sing, but she let's say she was a bit obese and not very pleasant to look at, but had a good voice. So there was this campaign to vote her, and so she won. Then right. what happened after she after because everyone voted for her, they won. She came out with a single, and no one bought, and no one boycotted to buy it. Then I know it's it's a and they, ruined, they yeah. ruined her career. That basically she tried to commit suicide after that. Yeah. And this is basing things on the public's votes, so that's yeah. why it's not like mm, well. So it's kind of like well, you can't count on the masses. I also just think that now. they get uh, the academy in itself gets it cornered. Well, I don't think it's right that they said every. I mean, I'm sorry, but the academy's freaking about age, race, race, color. I I don't care what color you are. Whoever did the best freaking project should well, win. Well, but the problem again, the problem is, <clears throat> is like they also base it on a certain genre, and they they get fixated on certain genres. Yeah, they do. So 
if you have a if you have like a very strong melodramatic character that is like he said a Jew who is in a hospital who's dying right. of AIDS who's like and that person's and, gonna and, win and, and on our way to the Nazi camp yeah they literally will like win the academy because of it's so melodramatic right whereas someone could have done a really amazing performance and had an amazing happier lighter character and they just right. didn't win like i i still go back to when um uh, who's a um, net Benning was against Hillary Swank two years in a row and she fucking lost two years in a row. What movie woman. was she in? What was Annette Benning? So Annette? Annette Benning was in the first one. I can't remember what movie she was, was in. Was Million Dollar Baby that year, right? Yeah. That's and Hillary's so Million playing. Million Dollar Baby, she was playing a movie called uh, Being Julia or something. Julia. Yeah, I think I know yeah. what you're talking An about. An amazing, amazing movie. Like I've watched it like I've watched it like eight times. It's What's such it an called? Amazing... I don't remember this one. It's, it's like Julia. Being Julia. Being it's Julia. It's okay. about a, it, the premise is about it takes place in what like the 1900s I think 1910 but it's she's an actress and she's an overdramatic actress right but she finds out that her husband's cheating with one another actress who's who is like 30 years younger than her so it's about it's about her like coming to terms with she loves what she does but then has this situation where she always just feel like she's aged out as an actress but right. now now she gets a chance to be like oh i'll show you i can act and like she pretends like she doesn't know and then it, she brings a woman in and it's it's amazing it's an amazing film i'll have to check it out that's not and when it. she lost i was like this poor woman lost she could never win because million, million dollar, dollar baby, baby million was dollar baby was a horror <laughs> like like i mean come on it that was, was a rough movie. Well, I thought it was sad at the end. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, what you're dealing with guaranteed is, win. Even a though you got two win. great performances, it's really hard to measure two great performances. You got a woman who basically dies at the end, has this dramatic thing, or a woman who comes into her own. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, and victoriously, and at, like and then, just look, screws them all. Big boys don't cry. I mean, you're playing a female trying to be male who gets raped and dies horribly based on the true story it's going to be really hard to beat that performance yeah i, yeah. I mean even even last year michelle yo was a woman who came into her own in uh everything everywhere all at once and that's what ended up winning yeah um i still have not watched that no i think good. she just is a phenomenal actress and i think the momentum of actors too if you put them in the right role and then the right i mean they're gonna win because they're just phenomenal actors i, I you know jamie lee curtis as far as everything everywhere all at once i i don't think she was anywhere near i don't think she out of the two best supporting actress nominees for that movie she was the weaker one, <laughs> but yeah. you know, she's, we got to give it to her before she croaks. Right. I, I mean, I also think she could have gotten another film. So why even yeah. have these stupid awards? Because well, all because, they are is a bunch of people. There's a difference between having something that's rigged and something that's tradition as well. It it's would just be it, nice it, if they actually gave it to who deserved and, it. Well, but you also can't imagine how many people tune in because of the pomp and circumstance, well, the red the carpet and I the dresses. I and the, in 10 years. It's I like people people watch for that reason, too. They I haven't watch. watched in 10 years. And, and it's, important, it's important for some of these films to be nominated because if they weren't nominated, half of the people probably wouldn't even go see them. That, that's, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's another problem. Well, that, that's, that's true. That's a lot of reasons why the Oscars have really dropped off and uh, but one of the major ones is all year round they're telling you go see Batman go see Spider-Man go see Fast and Furious and you and like someone like me who goes to the movies a lot I'll see the trailers for all these other movies right. and even then I didn't know some of them but someone who doesn't follow everything doesn't 
doesn't follow the critics circle, doesn't doesn't follow right. all these different critics who are telling They're you. They're not going to you know, know. Who the fuck heard of Drive My Car? Yeah. But by Before the way, it's, it's also like indie indie films are very different from mainstream. That's true. Right? Yeah. That's so the true. indie the, well, indie, the indie films, films get channeled. Yeah. yeah, but I'm saying they get channeled in a certain area, and then those end up going up to the echelon. That's the true. Higher, that's true. Know? Yeah, but I mean that that's that's part. And one big thing that just happened two years ago that I think kind of killed killed viewership two three years ago was and this is this is to, to say it's definitely well, insulting not insulting half of the country doesn't well, know but. more than this is to say it's not this is the proof that it's not rigged every year uh, except for one year best picture was the final nomination or was the final right. award announced was it two years ago or three years ago just after chadwick boseman died and he was nominated for um uh what was the movie I don't uh, the blues the, the blues one yeah, he was nominated uh, yeah. for that. He was amazing and, in that. By and the way. that year, for some stupid fucking reason, everybody at the academy had put it in their head that, oh, okay, Chadwick Boseman is definitely because every all the votes are tabulated outside of the right. academy, and yeah. they don't know until they open the envelope who won. Right. So that year, they were so certain that this was going to be a grand celebration of Chadwick Boseman that, that they made Best Actor the final. Uh, the, the final, final one, announcement yeah. that yeah. night. Because usually it's best picture. It's always yeah. best picture, yeah. So everyone's like, yes, this is it. They're going to give it to Chadwick. They're going to give it to him posthumously. And Anthony Hopkins won. Yeah. For what movie? I don't remember that. Uh, the Father, where yeah. he was playing. I don't remember when he has that. Alzheimer's. Yeah. 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 He's playing an old man with Alzheimer's. So, yeah. I guess that they kind thought of Anthony Hopkins crazy. might have one foot in the grave that year. <laughs> Even Anthony Hopkins was shocked by it because he's like, wait a minute, I wasn't supposed to win this. This is supposed to go to Chadwick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't know so, that. Yeah, the, ne the next day, Anthony Hopkins was like, I look, I, I honestly, as far as I'm concerned, it should have gone to Chadwick Boseman. I don't know why. Yeah. But why would you don't know? So you should have just gone traditionally with, be with Best Picture being the West. Academy? Who are these people? Uh, they, they're they're a mix. They're a mixed bunch yeah. of people. Actually, watch. Um, uh, this film is not yet rated, and you'll figure out who the Academy is. Because okay, it, it is, it's an interesting. They, you don't know why they pick the people they do, but they pick a, an eclectic group of people that are the Academy, and it's. it's so a, they from all walks of life. Yeah, like watch well, a, watch walks a, of the film industry. Watch watch the film. Watch the film because even the guy. Again, this film is not yet rated. Um, and it's basically about someone, someone did exactly what we are like, who is this industry that basically sets the standards for everything and all the rating. Interesting. And, I don't watch that. and what they, what they do is they hire these detectives that go and for real, they go, they go through garbage. They go through people. Yeah. Not for real. Is this a joke? Or is no, it it's for real. And they okay, end up, okay. they end up finding this magical list of people. And then the documentary people go and they are like, so I heard that you're one of the members of the, and they're, they're like, <laughs> what? And that literally, and they, and they kind of corner them into like, why oh, you, okay. like, why are you a soccer mom that you are a secretary in the film, whatever. And they pick these random. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah.
and talking about people who don't deserve an Oscar, that gives us to <laughs> I Am Legend, which is a 2007 American post-apocalyptic action thriller film directed by Francis Lawrence from a screenplay by Kiva Goldman and Mark Prozovich. Starring oh. the ever-slap-happy Will Smith as the U.S. <laughs> Army virologist Robert Neville. Lucy, based on the 1954 novel the same name by Richard Matheson, the film is set in New York City after a virus which was originally created to cure cancer has wiped out most of mankind, leaving Neville as the last human in New York, God bless us all, other than nocturnal mutants. Neville is immune to the virus, and he works to develop a cure while defending himself against the hostile mutants, which might be his wife. It is the third feature film adaption of Matheson's novel following the 1964's Last Man on Earth, and 1971's Omega Man. <laughs> Warner Brothers began developing I Am Legend in 1994, and various actors and directors were attached to the project through production was delayed due to budgetary concerns related Hi. to the script. <laughs> production began in 2006 in New York City, filming mainly on location in the city, including a $5 million scene, which probably included his daughter, Willow, who was put in the film at the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> I Am Legend was released on December 14, 2007 in the United States and Canada. It opened to the largest ever box office, not adjusted for inflation, for a non-Christmas film released in the U.S. in December and was the seventh highest grossing film of 2007, earning $256 million domestically and $329 million in internationally for a total of $585 million. The, the film received generally positive reviews, with Smith's performance being singled out for praise, while criticism focused on divergences from the novel, particularly the ending in 2002, a sequel was revealed to be in development, with Smith set to reprise his role as Neville really? and to produce the film with Michael B. Jordan, who will also have a starring role, so obviously there's more than one human living. And of course, <laughs> this will be to take off from the alternative ending, which is now available through That's her. right, I read about there's an alternative ending. There is, I mean, the other ending is very interesting because it literally changes the entire film. If you watch it, you're like, well, it just contextually changes everything the about the film. I'd watch know. it if I thought uh, the dog Samantha lives, but I bet the so dog doesn't. What we're going to do is we're going to cut to the trailer and be right back. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not infected. I'm not infected. Please. Nothing happened the way it was supposed to happen. Six billion people on Earth when the infection hit. I'm a survivor living in New York City. I will be at the South Street Seaport every day at midday when the sun is highest in the sky. Now just sleep. Eat your vegetables. Don't just push them around. Eat, eat them. I'm not playing. Four! One, Hank. And midway through the G's.
didn't do this. We did. I am Legend with Will Smith, which is a film for 2007. And starting with you, David, what are your thoughts of I Am Legend? Did you hate it? <laughs> That's a long <laughs> sigh. That's all you got. That's a pregnant <laughs> sigh. That one long. David has checked out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, David, did you hate it or what? No. So the premise is that I don't have enough technical knowledge to appreciate cinemas at full or at the full spectrum. You know what you like, don't you? But this, this is capable. I'm sorry, but this was a shit movie. <laughs> I, this is exactly the no. This is very. I'm very biased because anti biased. There you have this the is, honest truth. Because this is the type of bad cinema that we need in Italy. We call it Americanata, which is a typical movie that people spend a lot of money but has got no content produced yeah. in America. This is the stereotype that we have for certain movies in Italy, and we call it Americanata. Um, I really didn't like it. Um, it ruined the whole concept. It was just like, okay, let's remove all the guts from this person and make it a puppet and make it explode and jump and like a superhero. And it's like, mm, I, mm. there were a couple of things that I appreciated that they, I did a little bit more mental health, you know, the fact that he was talking to the mannequins, but there wasn't enough content. To oh talk yeah, the about mannequins. Well, yeah, I, 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 I like the I idea of that. Talking to the mannequins is like when he goes home and talks to his family. Well, <laughs> <life>. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh -huh. But that that was interesting. That was interesting. Also, it was fascinating. The body idea of you know the very programmed virus to cure cancer, and obviously viruses have sort of their way to evolve, and then eventually became a pandemic. Okay, that was interesting. The rest, okay. So I'm sorry. I'm going to start listing them. All the things I hate. So the fact that he was this perfect American hero, all fit, all sexy, all hot, all intelligent, all perfect. I'm sorry, fucking bullshit. Who's really like that? When when you're dealing with a pandemic, with a disaster, this is just, this is gone. You know, the, the mental health is gone. It doesn't make sense. I mean, fair enough. Maybe you might be trained up until craziness, but this was like full marketing for the, for the actor. That's what it felt like. Oh, look, we got an amazing actor who's well, yeah, man, nice. he was doing and he, he was, was doing all those cop movies and all that stuff right about this time too, wasn't yeah, he? But, so he was trendy and hot at the time. Yeah, but he and was I at, he, all the, all these facial expressions that felt like he was trying too hard, you know, when he was like <clears throat> space. And I'm like, come on. I liked him when he was in very in the very old, I don't well, know, the Prince of Bel Air or I don't know. There's an old movie yeah. called The Make of America. It's a bit it's like it's a bit like, it. oh, I uh, he, I don't know. Will Smith to me is like, oh, 
he's so chasing after an, I mean now that he's got one maybe it'll relax a bit but he's always been like that chasing that Oscar I'm chasing that performance it was like he was uh, maybe not chasing the performance but become the performance yeah like <laughs> yeah I didn't didn't really yeah it didn't really hit me much and plus the CGI like, Jesus the CGI was so unnecessary they didn't use any makeup or any stuff they went total full bore CGI on yeah. this I the CGI was silly I, I, I silly. feel like the, the CGI monsters. all they had to do is you know look at his wife and they're like there Jada Smith the ball head <laughs> don't keep me going don't um, keep me going the, C- the CGI oh, no. the CGI God, was uh, another big another <laughs> problem with it was the CGI and the, I guess the excuse was is that when actors tried to do it they look like they're hyperventilating and it was actually causing them to hyperventilate so they want the effect that they wanted they couldn't get so that was a bigger problem so they're like oh well just cgi all these you know but i for me it's like okay you look at his home who mm. is which is on street level which yeah. is like a, a beautiful brownstone which is deeply fortified but i'm like how the fuck could you deeply fortify your home if that shit is happening every night like yeah. literally, that shit is happening every yeah, day. So how about that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so in my in my mind, it's like you have this beautiful fortified home, but I I agreed with David. Like, there's no way if you lost everything, there's a part of you that just fucking says fuck it. Well, like, yeah, actually, you don't, you don't, yeah. you don't have, you don't have like a beautiful home. But you don't like. I'm sorry. You just are like, no, I don't give a shit. Well, and these aren't slow vampires. These guys are fast. They're smart. They're methodical. So yeah. it kind of changes the ball the, game. The way they got around this thing happening every night is they didn't know where he lives. So that oh, I think that's right. That's right. Oh, that's right. Because so the, the, the hive was downtown so, yeah. by meat packing, yeah. and he was on the wet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but this has the same problem as War of the, the Tom Cruise's War of the World, where he's fighting to get home. The, the great big invasion happens, and they get the Tom Cruise's home, which has been totally untouched by everything that's been. Yeah, going it was yeah. the wife's home. I can't find out where yeah. he lived, but it's like, why don't it's you just look at the house that hasn't been affected by anything that's going on well, around? It looked him. like the whole city of <laughs> or, Boston. Or I would also touched. think that because these things do like. They they come around looking for food. So they're gonna come. There was at no point they were there, right? And until he, until the one woman made the mistake, and then that's right. how they found and they them. followed them. Yeah, but it was I don't know. And and no, my they biggest like my biggest problem though. with this film is the dog because if Just, you have something so if you have something so sacred. That is like your only attachment to life. You don't, don't take it with you. Don't freaking take it with you. Don't bring it with you. And then and and he almost the first time it happens, he gets him out of that situation. You would think, you would think, okay, never again. I I you're too sacred to me. I thought I yeah. lost you in that warehouse. The fucking next night, you take it again? Are you yeah. stupid? Like what? Like no. And so that when that happened, I was like, well, you're just dumb. Like you're just dumb. You don't care. Like you just don't care. I, I just that was so senseless for that dog to die. I don't care. Everybody else deserved to fucking die. Well, Samantha well, did not deserve to die. Well, <laughs> it's. It, I mean, as far as it being, it, it, it's it's necessary to sh- to to show Will Smith's humanity yeah, that yeah. he loses the one thing that he that he's attached to his that's only that's left. Thing. His yeah. his left. Yeah. His, um. The uh. One thing that John touched on that is def and David touched on as well <clears throat> is Vincent Price's characterization. Yeah, after COVID, 
uh, they, they were talking about how people never came out of something called goblin mode, which was right. basically like we just kind of became dirtbags lying around the house uh, for, <laughs> for a year. And some people have like kind of, kind of continued living like that. And Vincent Price, you could see, has gone into quote unquote goblin mode. Will yes, Smith has right. not. <laughs> Will, yeah. Will Smith is still, you know, obviously you're, they're showing his mental issues a little bit more, like like David said. Yeah, but it's like, of, like on the side. It was kind of on the side. Sure it's not really integrated, you, you know. Too, I mean, I, I like the scene. I like the scene in the video store. He brings Goodfellas back, and he picks the next movie, and he keeps like glancing over at the adult film section. Because yeah, this guy probably this guy hasn't had sex in what they said three years. Yeah, he hasn't. You know, so he keeps looking over wow. at that adult section, and he keeps looking at the uh, the female mannequin that's over there. And so I kind of get that. I, I kind of you know, he, he keeps Lonely. glancing over at it. Like should I should I just grab some porn? And he's still it, the the amazing thing is he's still kind of embarrassed by it. He, nobody, as far as he's concerned, nobody else is alive. But he's I still know. embarrassed about going over there and grabbing a porno off the shelf. Well, I think it's because he's he couldn't find any gay porn. <laughs> also, what video store has the adult section wide open like that? I know. I was gonna say it's just that, out there yeah, with everything. Yeah. Every video store I've ever this been. This is in, LA, is it not? No, it's New York. Yeah. It's New York. Thing. Yeah, it's New York. <laughs> um, I found like what I mean. I think him being that way too is it is that was like kind of cool because him just immensely not there and like that whole talking to mannequins. I like that part of the film. Yeah. So that's one thing I would say I, I did appreciate. Um, just the weird thing about the mannequin moving. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then that was like a little weird. Like, did he do that or what? Like what? Why? Yeah, that's the only part. Like, still to this to this time, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I don't. Right? Like, did. I don't understand that either. Because it's like then yeah. someone's fucking with you. And like, I assume it was this woman, but why would she do that? Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. She, I, yeah, it's really weird. I often wonder if that one episode of The Walking Dead, I think it's season eleven, where Princess comes into it, and they've got she's got all these mannequins set up. You know, the, yeah. the, 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 like, mm. not mannequins, but she's got the walk that the, the zombie set up as like mannequins and doing different things, but they're chained down. And I don't know why that scene reminded me of that for some reason. It also reminds me of that Twilight Zone magazine, um, Twilight Zone episode where she comes in and all the mannequins come to life. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. I forgot about that. It's such a good one. There's got to be a way to find <laughs> there was, out. There was kinda, an kind of like the, someone's seen that and added this to the movie, in a way. Yeah. It kind of has all that kind of feeling to it. But there was that also, one. That, that was yeah. a great one. Have you ever watched it? Was an episode of Doctor Who when um, the mannequins came to life? I have not seen that. I've not seen that. Oh, okay, that's fine. I'm sure Craig has, though. I mean, to be honest, Sometimes I think Will Smith's acting a little bit sometimes was kind of out act he was overact outacted by the mannequin sometimes. <laughs> I knew as soon as he started, I started laughing because I knew where he was going with it. I it's true. Though. I, it feel, it, it's like I you, you know when someone's trying to like deeply reach in a character yeah. and trying too hard. Too hard. Yeah. And I think it's like there were moments like I actually liked when the lions when he's hunting and there's the deer and stuff. I liked that right. kind of moment. That was like a cool like moment. But there's a there was like almost like you know when someone's just completely lost their mind and they go Ugh! there was like those mm -hmm. moments happening and it was like just stop. Just like mm -hmm. I get it. He you was had fishing. It. You're he upset. was fishing. 
Hey, he was fishing here. Yeah. He was fishing for for the roles that would get him an Oscar. He was starting to fish for them here. But like, they gave him an Oscar for this movie. No, no, no. He wanted for uh, he wanted for playing um, um, Serena no, the, and the Venus two tennis players' father. What's it yeah. called? King Richard. Good. Yeah, yeah. but he, he wanted he for was, that. He, he started, cha- he started <laughs> chasing after this around this. Didn't Muhammad Ali around this time period? Those around yeah. this time too. Yeah, and it, the pursuit of happiness. And... He didn't even get an honest, honorable mention for Muhammad Ali. And I think he got nominated for Ali. I don't think he didn't get nominated. He didn't win, but I think he got nominated. I didn't even yeah, think he got yeah. mentioned he, he, for that. He, goes, he was going through a chasing. Let's, I'm chasing an Oscar because I want to be taken seriously. Well, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he was the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Well, I mean, and also before. around this time, he was the sci-fi action hero at this time. Yeah, yeah. Well, he yeah done Independence Day, Independence Day, stuff. Men in Black, and all that stuff. So he, I, I think he did really well. He really did well. I think if you play the, I think if he plays a comedic character, you're not meant to be taken seriously. And I think he does excels in that. I think in these this type of film, for example, was his first like. Well, he's got a serious, you know, like you know, I got to be serious. I got to be focused. Like it, it's just hard to take that serious, you know. Maybe, maybe but, that's but, but also has that. But also has that aesthetic of bad boys. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Bad boys one and two without any people in it. But the well, right. the wor- the first scene you see him like zipping around the city with the car. Right. What? Like uh, I, as a writer, I would have been like. Do you really think that's the appropriate? But I mean, I guess at the time you got to throw a little action to get the, you know, and they're yeah, But that's the, the most deer. annoying part for it me was so in stupid. the movie. The scenes were like silly and necessary and just like, yeah. okay, let's just carry on. I want to see what happens. Well, next. even even the scene, which you know, still didn't make sense, is when he enough. sets up the trap on the end of the dock right? at night. So you spent so much time trying to rush to get home, never to be out at night. To then make a stupid decision to then try to set a trap and what go crazy and go kamikaze and try to and kill then he as gets many as you can. Stuck in one. Yeah, you know that's it's just it was weird. Well, and, I mean that I also reminded. You go ahead. I, I think there's just been different ways that you could uh, transpire this because the question basically is like during the day you're trying to be as quiet as possible because you need to get all everything that you need to get done before you go back home. And then zipping around in a loud car kind of defeats the purpose a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we can that Bob Marley song. Like, you know, like in the previous film, we get Vincent Price, and he's, you know, he's off in the, in the country. He's not like in the, he's like outside the main city, but he's driving a slow car, which makes more sense. Take this. Now picture a loud car with a loud motor in it running down any kind of street in New York City and the sound bouncing off all the high rises as you're going yeah, through. Yeah. And, and you're blasting Bob Marley as you do it. And they're yeah. clearly they're yeah. clearly not like comatose because that one scene when they goes into the building, they're just kind of like in this weird They're state. awake. They just can't yeah. come out. And yeah. so like, they could be sitting there watching him or whatever, you know. I just uh, yeah, that was that and was just to me Al- like and why? I don't understand why albino why albino because, well because the thing is because the thing is if you look at if you look at the premise okay basically they take German measles to cure cancer and of course it starts this plague and all of a sudden it changes people's face pigmentations and yeah. turns and, yeah. and eye coloring I mean well you're dead that, that worked technically the, the albino thing worked a lot better in the Omega Man yeah yeah. Well, they did it there. It it, it worked better. Um, and, and, do you think uh, that they were drawing from that movie? But technically, yeah, too, probably. They, um, they weren't they dead, though, Vicky. They weren't dead. They just were, like, rabied, infested, like, right. humans. That's what they okay. were. 
super the, strong, super and and all. But bite. they were, but they're vampires, right? No, they weren't. They were just. They were like. Are they zombies? They're vampiric. They the they say they're vampiric. I don't. Well, they're vampire because their sensitivity to to yeah, the light. Yeah, the light. but they didn't. They didn't. I don't think they went to like oh, I'm gonna drink blood and that's like you know. Right. Like, I was. Like, I mean, I was just wondering where the premise was because they don't really tell you that. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. really identified because I think they're more zombie-like, and you got some that are smarter than others. You got one, some that are leaders, and others that are like drones. Well, and to talk about like the Indians or the divergence of the two Indians. So the one Indian is clearly he gets a cure, he gets it. She go, she goes, and and he sacrifices himself. The other right. Indian is the realization that the the zombie that he is converted back to human. That the that the zombie that's coming to get her is it's its partner, and he creates a he creates a butterfly on the glass, right. which he then looks at the zombie, and it's the tattoo is on the zombie's neck, and he realizes, oh shit, that's he's saying that's mine, and so the, the and so then he kind of opens the door, pushes her out, and is like lets the zombie take her away, and he realizes they're cognitive, like they're they actually oh, okay. and and then then the masses leave. They don't hurt him. They just leave. They I've don't. not seen the fight. I have not seen yeah. that version. So it changes okay. the contextual notion of like and and then he looks up and he's like he's done all this. He's killed all these. Is that people. a scripted version, John, or is that actually? Yeah, no, they there's footage. It. There's you, footage. You they can, filmed you it. You can rent the alternative ending. I can't. Or, I yeah, you can go on. You, you can go on so YouTube the, and look at it. It's yeah, on, I can so, find on YouTube. All right. I so the ending I know. saw was the one where she goes, where she finds the colony, and that's where she correct. Goes. Yeah, and then that's the end of the theatrical. The other, the other, the other version is he goes. He doesn't with her. blow up. He doesn't blow up. He goes with her. They go to the colony, and and that's how it ends. It's like basically. And they've given like, us that version to begin with, just a little hope because humanity sucks as it is. No, well, I, I mean, mean there there is hope because she does, you know, cross the gates into the colony. So there yeah. is hope that humanity can continue. Well, and they give the they give the cure, but then the there is no moral dilemma to the cure. So the other one, it, again, if you impose that, where. He he basically kamikazes. He his his awakening or his call to Jesus. Because let's talk about this too. It's very religious from the beginning of the film. Is Jesus? You know, God is still here here, and there's moments of like right. yeah, it's right on the side of the bus. Religion. Yeah, God and still so loves you. The ending to the original was the theatrical was this butterfly, which is his daughter. Daddy, look at the butterfly, and then right. he looks over and he sees her, and she's the butterfly, and it's like, oh, I gotta give this to you it's a sacred chalice to save humanity versus the other was which is hard to imagine because it's willow (laughs) exactly and the other one the other one is is like you know him realizing like oh my god i've been killing these things that have evolved and they're a different species of of life right and and he survives and he goes with her so what do you do then like you try to survive while these other things are trying to survive and it becomes a battle it's like planet of the apes you're battling for certain, like dominance, but who's who deserves to be here, right? And how is Will Smith gonna live in a land of nothing but white people? <laughs> white zombies, Al- albinos, that that albino people. They're they're not even they're not even black African zombies. They're just plain up white boys. <laughs> My um, uh, the the big thing with the it does it does like Vicky. Was that did it draw from uh, from the from the I think feel like this movie drew from a lot. 
um, aside from just the, the the novel source material, there were different points where I where I was like, that's very similar. Like when he's setting the trap and he, you know, he's pulling pulling the vampire creature out and taking it home to right. to experiment on. That felt very much like James Woods in uh, John Carpenter's Vampires, where they were yes. trapping the vampires and dragging them yes. out into the yeah, sunlight yeah. to destroy them. Um, the scene on the dock where his uh, his wife and his kid are getting on the helicopter. Yo, know, Keith mentioned um, uh, the Steven Spielberg uh, yeah. War of the Worlds. Oh, War of the Worlds. And that was a lot like the scenes in that where Tom Cruise and uh, and his kids are coming through and uh, or and, and they're, they're looking back and they're and, and and there's all these people going, please just let my child just let yeah. my child yeah. come with you, just yeah. let my child through. So th- it feels like it drew from that. Um, the albinos. Clearly, I feel we're, we're you know we're drawn from the Omega Man. So there's there's quite a few places where I feel like this movie just kind of drew from drew inspiration from a lot of different things. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's kind of one of those like Independence Day is an enjoyable romp to watch. Yes, but, right. yeah. But if you yeah. try to make sense of it, it's stupid. Yeah. Right. You know, it's um, it, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just good, clean but the, fun. But the problem, Mindless exactly, entertainment. The problem with films like that, whether it's Bad Boys or Independence Day or all the other stuff or you know thing is if it's got its tongue in its cheek you can take it but when they try yeah. to send this off as something like a very serious piece it's really hard to sell it yeah. that way because you got to think they oh, were trying the to hell? sell this as a very serious piece they it was a, yeah. it was a really serious uh, action you know um post apocalyptic will smith feature well it's also again if they're throwing in that religious overtone that happened throughout the film it was it's like, it, or is humanity worth saving, right? And this right. whole moral conviction of, you know, him trying to do the right thing, and 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 that whole the line over and over again. It's not too late. I can save them. It's not too late. I could save them. It's like it's fucking too late. <laughs> it's it's time for you. Well, to get I mean, he kind of, of gets down to the lawyer at the end of this. Yeah, one, but, but but even but even look at the name of the survivors camp, Bethel, Bethlehem, yeah, Bethlehem, yeah. yeah. But it's it's kind of again, and and him entering the gates is like the the new savior has arrived in Bethlehem or Bethlehem. Well, it's I mean he sacrifices himself, right? So it's like all these creatures are coming, and it's this is the last for our sins. Yeah. So I I think in a lot in a lot of um, in a lot of action films have that, right? So when you look at like Armageddon, it's like should it's the end of the days, right? We're all, this is what we prepared ourselves for and the religious coming and like it all it's, it's, it's a lot of those films had that thread and that's what this was. It was trying to be like this should humanity survive. It should, is it worthy of surviving? You know, it also felt like nine 11 porn. It's at some points. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like this is made just after nine 11 set it in New York city. You have the, uh, you know, the bridges well, yeah, exploded. This is 2007, right? Yeah, yeah, this is this There's is a also few part years of um, bringing money back into New York, so we need to film there. Yeah, so, yeah. So there's that going on as well. Well, yeah, this I also came out the it. same year as uh, was it? Twenty eight days later or twenty eight weeks later? Twenty eight yeah. days later. Yeah, twenty eight weeks later. Yeah. yeah. So it came out. It came out that same year, which is why they actually moved the date because it was coming out the ra- sound the same time. So twenty eight weeks later. That's what it was. Yeah. Was it weeks yeah, I mean, later? But I think that, I mean, I I think if this film didn't take itself so seriously, I think it'd be more fun. Yeah, because yeah. that's what Independence Day had going for it. Is mm-hmm. that Independence yeah. Day for, you know, again, like Keith said, 
try to focus on the story, you're going to be disappointed. It's dumb as hell. Just sit there and enjoy the ride. Yeah. This it's movie like Wild West. Well, this is more Will Smith Wild Wild West. Or... Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's also it's also hard. It's also hard that one person is holding the entire film up. Like, and he, that's, that's a lot yeah. of weights. That's a that's lot of weights to carry. To and he can't day. carry it the no. way Vincent Price or Charlton Heston did before him. Well, um, the thing is, it, if they if they filmed someone that wasn't, let's say Denzel Washington, or possibly, they filmed, there you go, um, you know, or film someone of that ilk, if they want. Yeah. They want to go that or, or or Morgan Freeman or like any anyone who is like a little bit older. I think also him being mm-hmm. too young had a problem mm-hmm. because it would have slowed his gait. He wouldn't have been like, oh, look at me. Like, I think someone who was just like really struggling to get by, still a scientist, still sending even traps. Mel, even Mel Gibson could have got away with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Vincent Price was fifth was in his 50s when he played this role. Charlton Heston was in his fifties when he played this role. Will Smith was Probably in his 30s. early thirties. Yeah, so there you go. So Did you yeah, see the scene in Times Square that had that billboard for Batman versus Superman. Yes, yeah. I thought that was funny. I was like, <laughs> well, oh, but wow, that was okay. that was also a tease for the studio because fans. Oh yeah, because they said so it predicted bad. that nine years later Warner Brothers would release Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. And then Will Smith himself would then go on to appear in the follow-up in the Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, yeah. Um, as far I mean, as I like think... the action here, like, it, like he said, if if it, if it if it didn't try to take itself so seriously, it would have worked better. And the action scenes, if it was a better action movie, like how do you get out actioned when you're 30, 39 year old Will Smith or, th- or you know thirty whatever year old Will yeah. Smith? How do you get out actioned? By fifty plus year old Vincent Price and fifty plus year old Charlton Heston. I don't think it's action. I just think they were more seasoned for the roles and they just portrayed it better. I I also think even the action sequences. I felt. I felt like the action sequences in the other two movies worked better. I think the 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 issue is is like the one was a trap, which we don't know who laid it. We don't know if he laid it and he just was mentally crazy and he forgot he laid a trap for himself. I don't know. Then the other was followed up quickly after that, which was the whole. Again, he lost his mind. Why would you set up a trap? There was nothing that that peer scene where he sets up the trap mm-hmm. and he tries to do. There was no. What were you trying to do? Kill yourself? I mean, maybe that's what it was, because at the end of the day, how would you even got out of that scenario when there was like 40 of them there or 50 of them there? It's like, yeah. how would you have gotten out of that scenario? You Didn't know? he watch Shrek every time he was getting kind of uh, the blow? Didn't mm-hmm. wasn't he watching Shrek? I believe he was watching Shrek. He was well, the kid. The kid was watching it, so they. The kids, that's right. Okay. Well, he, 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 he was. Just home he was watching. He, yeah, he was watching it at home too. I think there was. Yeah, that? and that's that's just Will Smith uh, method acting because he was homesick for Jada. So. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I just think that it, it's um, the role of Rapunzel. So much shame. <laughs> it, it's sad when you have a movie like this that has potential that had a lot of potential, and I think it's just that it the the problems were the pacing of it was one yes. and the other was uh, the person who has to carry it and the emotions uh-huh. of the person carrying it. Ha- Do you think maybe other. he just wasn't seasoned enough to carry it? Like Charles? No, to, be, to be honest, to, to, to put, you know, I'll stop shading Will Smith in this instance, but I think this film <laughs> has a problem with what a lot of films in 2000 suffer from. Like, Great premise, no way to pay it off. Day after tomorrow, Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. Armageddon. Deep right. impact. 
you know, and um, and so on and so forth. It's like yeah. you would watch these movies and they promise you everything. And by the oh, War of the Worlds of Tom Cruise is another one. You watch these films. And I actually like, like the what? The, what? It's like, do you okay, think it's because they and as you get all you so all you looking for is set piece and set piece. But then when mm -hmm. you get to the story, is like, and then at the end of the yeah. movie, after you know, once you have, once you're just left with the storyline, you're like, well, that left me empty. I, it's like mcdonald's cinema it's like you have a big mac yes. it's like fine i feel full but now after half an hour leaving i'm hungry now yeah. again yeah and that's it's kind of a McDonald's. That. that's been a problem for a while because everything they want to do with movies is, is raise the stakes raise the stakes raise the stakes you can only raise the stakes so high well and, that, and that's I'm, not true because they create these movies after that these movies they created like world war z and like these yeah. movies that are just absurd how the fuck do you get out of these scenarios yet you get in a plane the plane blows up the people fly out of the plane the plane crashes you survive and like it it just kept amping 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 up and it's like the how does one person yeah survive like you keep, that you keep you know? raising these stakes and you're yeah. gonna you're, you're you're you know you corner yourself to where you you're not going to be able to like the stories become unrealistic and i think that's part part of the problem with uh with, with marvel now because I oh, we're going on Marvel. I, to have, I love Marvel. What is wrong with them? You Stop. need to you need to have some kind of grounding in, in reality yeah. because you eventually get to the point where these characters become such caricatures that we can't connect anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They they're just they just just I mean, churning them out. I mean, I don't even. I've never even heard of half the characters. Well, they well, found they found, gotta, they found I mean, a cash cow. But they but they do they they do this all the time. I mean, Hollywood does this all the time. This is not the first time. Oh no, definitely. How many how no. many horrible and fucking horrible slashers were there in the eighties? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some I mean, are unwatchable. You know, I mean, the thing is, and because everyone he just jumped on the bandwagon. The only thing here, the only reason why there's a more of a jump bandwagon is that the, everything's more focused because it's one studio. Right. So they're that. So they're making as much money as possible. But saying that, look at all the fucking horrible conjuring. That conjuring. Oh universe. my god! That yeah, blown up. Yeah. You know whether whether you're talking about in, the whole Insidious franchise or the Conjuring franchise, and you guys were mentioning the nuns and so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean they're. I mean I like you might them. like here or there or Annabelle or so on and so forth, but that again is something that's oversaturated. And you're kind of watching this crap, and I mean, and and, and the thing is. Yes, there are some good moments in it, but I when's the last time you've seen any of these movies with a fantastic last 15 minutes? You're watching going, this is good. And last 15 minutes, you're going, what They're redoing the, the mess now, now that I think about it. The contrary, or they, or they the run to the one. end, right? So the, the, when they when you get to the end, it's like, the wait, you just literally it. took a marathon and now like it's done. Like the contrary, Everybody's upset with the ending. No, oh, but like the, the, the Conjuring was such a great movie and then you get to the end. The first where, one, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but no, but you get Insidious. to the end of the first one it, and it goes by like that and you're like, that's it resolves yeah. itself so quickly and you're like, what? Like, yeah, Insidious is the same thing. Yeah, that's what made it wonderful. It was horrible how it ended, it was yeah. terrible. It was the with, most with the con man with the conjuring movies. Like, it's just a terrible. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the ending they use. It's just like it's like a cop out ending, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they cop out, and that's and that's what we and then unfortunately, this is what we're getting now is a lot of 
good premise and then a cop out ending. And so, I, so what I you think do even is you feel, you feel shortchanged. I think because Jill's like, right. This is really so good. You're doing a fucking fantastic job. This is really good. And then last I think this what it would have been a kind yeah. of an amazing thing, similar to going back to the original, is if he had captured the the female right and was testing on her and he, and she started to come back having yeah. that have a voice and suddenly saying i was okay like i like you changed me back into this and like and then have that amp up be where it's like they're there these things are trying to find him and he's seeing this activity coming closer and closer to him while this is happening and he brings this woman back and have the woman being like I was transformed. Like I, I knew what I was with and where, and you, you fucked up, like, and having it point out to him that like, he's the problem and not them. And then that be a realization would have been right. a bigger, deeper impact oh. because mm -hmm. now they're coming at him and, and it's too late. Like, right. You cured me, but now they're going to kill your ass. They're going to kill you and me possibly, you know, but this thing still wouldn't fix all the other issues of the movie. That's the no, problem. yeah, I know. That's yeah. my problem. The problem with this movie is that basically it costs three hundred million to make, and that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They but we say that every week. Joe's always saying that. Independent. This is an independent movie shit. that only made it for two million. Yeah, I bet you it would be a better movie. Probably, they would have had to be creative. They would have had to be creative. Yeah, we yeah. don't need all the action sequences. Yeah, exactly. But it, but, was, but like you say, it's Will Smith. He's an action figure walking. But even the Just even the, the scene with the the lion and the deers, that's all CGI. So that scene, how much did that scene cost? And that was like what a a minute scene, a two minute scene where he's I like know. hunting. And the thing is, they could have plastated that using a real lion and feeding it cost them. to it, and that would have made the evacuation scene at the Brooklyn Bridge alone. Yeah, how much is that? You know, million dollars. Like, it took six nights to film. It well, had a crew of two hundred and fifty one thousand extras. The thing is, I don't mind action sequences, and I like action sequences. But when you see that they're being slotted in for the simple fact of being slotted in, so every you know, basically, he's like, "This is a paint by numbers movie for a Hollywood yeah. studio," which basically means that every twelve to fifteen minutes, you need to have something go go on. Up, yeah, down, up, that everyone's down. gonna fall asleep, and that's what they've done. Yeah. Like, and that being said, this movie still yeah. bored the shit out of me. Yeah, it really wasn't that action packed. Um. <laughs> Well, I mean, but the most I would say well, the like most intense scene was him going in to get the dog. That was to me yeah. the most intense scene. That but was even that was just like all I kept saying is you're a all I kept saying is you're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking yeah. idiot. As he's going in, I'm like, and at, at one point, I'm like, I love you, dog, but really, you're a fucking idiot. Like, why? Yeah. Why? Like, like, come on. I mean, it's just like, a dog being a dog too. Like, yeah. like, like, like I think David said earlier, don't take him with you. I know uh, that. No, I said, I'm like, don't, why? Are oh, you that was, or that was your job. Because okay. in my mind, I'm thinking, if this thing is so sacred to you and it's the last hinge on like some type family of family connection, family, leave it there. Let, like, leave the dog alone, man. Even if it barks, these things are not, you know, even if it barks while you're gone, these things aren't around that area and they, yeah. they're not going to hear them. So yeah. it doesn't and matter. He'd be better off running around with a little guinea pig in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be better just know, not I mean, like he. I mean, know, by the way, he knows where they're at, so that's I'm like I laugh because where the area he was at, he knew there was like a nest in these buildings, so it's like you right. know where they're at. So he set the trap up too. Problematic like, you know? anyway, though, because the thing is, 
the reason why a dog is a bit problematic is the simple fact that if you have a dog and basically it's just you and the dog and you're fighting for survival, what keeps that dog quiet during these periods of where you're hiding? Yeah. So, and, then, and I understand like the dog, I mean, you know, it's a bit, you know, it could have been worse. It could have been, you know, an of, of volleyball that we had to see Tom, um, Tom Hanks talk to for a duration oh, of Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> but but I mean I can understand, but I just but the thing is is but you kind of have to take things and put it into perspective a little bit. You know, if they if they made this, you know, I said before, if they made this film and they kind of you know they didn't make it in New York City, but they could have used another town and just just did a thingy where he's just trying to survive and getting on with life and you know and just having his regular routine, you could have sold it for not probably like a quarter of the money that it costs but it's also like oh this is a will smith vehicle but we need these action sequences in it in order to sell this because no one's going to see it unless it has this so what you have is a really good story that's kind of been fucked it's the same thing like war of the worlds with tom cruise it has that same problem it's like we need these action sequences in there because it's a tom cruise vehicle well, so they had to have action sequences, though, because they even did in the old one because the aliens were taking yeah, over. Yeah, but what I'm saying, but when when the movie, all the movie, it's a, what you have is a really good H.G. Wells story. Right. What you're doing is you're not selling. Here you got a really good Richard Matheson story. So what you're doing is like we got a good story, but we can't sell the story. We can only sell the action sequences. Yeah. Right. So Pretty what much. happens is that you get the story and it's kind of shoved to the side. And that's kind of so basically it's like a little flow chart. The story is the flow chart and the action sequences are the movie. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, yeah. <clears throat> so you just feel a bit empty. And I don't, you know, and that's, you know, to be fair, I know I've been razzing Will Smith. The problem is not Will Smith in this movie. The problem basically is the direction, the way it was produced, and the way that it was made, and the way that it was put together. That's the problem. True. Yeah. Even if he, and if, if you just took Will Smith out of it, put any actor in it, you can put any Shakespearean actor in there. You can put Idra Elba in there. or Well, like you said, Denzel Washington. Just, would that make a difference? No. I don't think it would have I think the pacing would have too because someone older wouldn't be zipping around the city in a car and like you know it would have changed contextually. You're taking this real personal, John. But no, I <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just saying that I think that it's like like but I don't you're right though. You're right. But I don't think that away. stuff happened because Will Smith was in it. I think even if it was Denzel, if it was Mel Gibson, if it was uh yeah you know, it was he, written he, that way yeah uh, that's just who he was because we because we have to make everything bigger and dumber and louder yeah and even if we were talking an alpha talking, like alpha talking, get out yes oh yes that's the other thing he's got to be he's got to be the <laughs> oh. grand alpha and yeah i think that's part of the problem is you know if, you know you're saying vincent price didn't show enough humanity i get that will smith I don't know what he's showing to tell you the truth. He does show some what... humanity because you do see him, you know, because yeah, of the dog. he does grieve it, I, and he does, you know. Yeah, I think it's constipation that we're seeing. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> I'd be constipated the face, too if I had to worry about somebody trying to bite. Well, but, but talk about I don't, think, I don't think Will Smith is eating enough brand in this. Movie. I think there's also <laughs> a, 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 a one that's under emotional, one is overly emotional. So you have yeah. there is a balance that's yeah. there that has to be met. So where you have someone who yeah. and that's the yeah. omega man yeah and yeah. omega man, no, no, omega no, man no. does it right we probably should have covered all three of them because we I keep know. going back to the omega man just not much 
You can have, yeah, you can have to see that one. I think that's the best version of of of, of this that's been put on film. Yeah, this is what I'm doing every time we go. I think in the last two or three podcasts, I started writing down every title you that comes up. And you like, can't let's go watch wrong this. What was it in Wayne's World? They get Charlton Heston to come. Oh in yeah, with that first the, the, that that first because actor. The other guy sucked. Like, <laughs> wait, do we do we get somebody <laughs> better than better. this? They have Charlton Heston come over Gordon Street. I knew. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Omega Man does suffer a little bit of the simple fact that it's a Charleston Heston vehicle. Because it's a Not bit like... Well, I mean, if you watch Omega Man and Soylent Green, they kind of have that right. same kind of gritty yeah. 70s feel about it. And they're, and they're, and you do watch them, and you watch them, and but yet you don't feel satisfied after watching them. You don't feel like, no. wow, a great movie. I really need this. Oh, this is, you know, you don't walk right. away from that. You kind of watch it going, oh, that was interesting. You yeah. kind of have that kind of feel to it. You know, but so the green the people. It's made up people. <laughs> <laughs> Unf- unfortunately, I cannot get anybody to watch Soil and Green because they already. I because watched they already, it. They already know. They I already know the Soil ending. and Green. Yeah, but Pete, but we we grew up watching the movie. Yeah. I can't get anybody <laughs> who hasn't seen it to see it because they're like, oh, okay, it's people. I know, you know what it is. They just can't handle the old funny daddy kind of movie. Well, well, I think it's, think. well, I think. I think it's in this old. case, I think in the case of Soylent Green, it's the Soylent Green is people thing has become so ingrained in popular culture yeah. that you yeah. know the ending. You know the twist. Right. Also, uh, I would say this film is a product of it's a product of the audience's wants, which some of us audience, uh, some of us as audience members don't appreciate this type of film, right? Where some audience they demand action in a film. You're like, right. You're you right. can't you can't have a serious, earnest like movie about a person trying to save the world from an apocalypse that they they're like, but no, I don't give a shit. I want a car racing. I want. You go see a Tom Cruise movie or fast cars or airplanes. And I'm guaranteeing yeah. you people who watch this film, their biggest complaint was, well, we had to wait to almost the end of the film to see the zombies coming after him and attacking and stuff that. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Why couldn't we get that at the very beginning where they could have come rushing at him and burling down the street. Would and have made it more people. exciting. But no, then, but I'm just saying you get people who would want action throughout again, the entire if, if they only spent two if they only spent two two to twenty million making that then it probably would have done better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh but John you you brought up a, a point earlier and I, I you know why didn't they have it so where there's you know the these creatures are getting closer and closer to, to yeah. his yeah the approach right the, they don't the, do but you're right they don't do anything until the end. Yeah. They don't come after him until the end. Yeah. That's and right. that was, by the way, uh, uh, not his fault. That was someone else's fault. Yeah. So it's very interesting. You're so meticulous to this time and then this person, but it's kind of your fault because you're trying to kill yourself. And so by chance or by, I guess the woman was saying, God sent me to you. But you know, God sent me to you to save you and bring you back. But then that happens. Like, I think so. it's a race. I think it's a racist movie. I think why a bunch of albinos <laughs> can find Will Smith in the dark. Think about it because he's black. Yeah, he's it. Like one in the dark. Stop That's it. racist. It started, <laughs> oh, so bad. It's a racist. <laughs> <laughs> what we should do is write this film before I go any further. Before I go down, a, how I'll many albinos are you going to get? <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many albinos do you need? All that white face. Yeah, albinos? so let's go to David first. I, <laughs> I, David. I can't wait to hear David. How many he has? He's... Well, I was I was gonna wait to be either the first one or the last one because I have to give. I'm gonna give it 1.5 constipation moments because I generally did not like the. I just I give it point five because for Samantha, but she dies. Actually, probably one. Let's just do one. So one constipation moment. Oh, yeah, I generally, do, I generally this is this is. I know. I know. I'm I'm, I'm being silly now, but I generally, I really didn't. This is definitely not my my type of movie. It's literally mindless. And as, as Joe said, like bigger, dumb, but louder. That's exactly what American actor we say in Italian. That's what type of movie. And this is the type of movie I hate. Because it's mindless, that you don't learn anything. There's nothing interesting. It's all explosion, car racing. All I was missing is just a sexy naked woman. And then you've done the dumbest movie you could get. And this type of movies, I'm just like, no. You're right. There, but there was the mannequin. The, the mannequin, mannequin was kind oh, of the sexy. Mannequin look, scene. you know. But you see, was... I don't mind that stuff when, when the movie is self-aware enough to realize that that's what it is. Yeah, this right. is a big mm. dumb movie that, like Keith said, was taking itself way too seriously. This is a big... This is, you know, somebody. Th- this is like the, the, the like if, if if somebody thought like a Friday the Thirteenth movie should be nominated for, for an Oscar. Like that's what yeah. this was. This yeah. was, you know, it's mindless, it's dumb, and it 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 has its place when it's mindless and dumb. But this was this was mindless and dumb. But take me seriously for my for my mindless dumb movie. Yeah, that's what this was. Yeah. What about stuff, Vix? What do you rate it? I give it a three. I, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't something. I I seriously don't like movies that kill dogs. I couldn't handle this dog scene. I will never watch this movie ever again <laughs> because of that fucking dog scene. I won't either. I love animals better than I do people. It was very CGI. It was very Walking Dead, by the way. The way it was done. It was, it was very little... Walking Dead. It was so yeah. Walking Dead. It wasn't even funny. And even the CGI was terrible for that scene. Well, they, yeah. but that, that's what I had a problem with. It was too much CGI, really. You know, I, I, then, I would like to see then, some actual. But then remember, zombies. and then remember, he could kill her because he had super sexy muscles. I'm just that's oh, right. Just yeah, well, he had to see yet. Watch that, that that tricep was popping. It's so silly. Do you see? It's so silly. Yeah. It's, unne- it's unnecessary. Oh my god! It's just like couldn't it's he have silly. figured a different way to kill her? Did they have to make it that fucking long? And why did they have to <laughs> infect the dog? He and I have one happy fucking moment in this movie. No, no you can't. They're not in an apocalyptic world. Dog. Sorry. <laughs> the dog was the best actor in the whole goddamn show. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's getting a fucking sequel. What about the mannequin? The mannequin was oh. good. Uh, to be honest, I'm kind of worried about the sequel. If they make, if they bring Michael Jordan, he's a scientist. I'm not oh really fuck! Talking. Can you imagine? Yeah. Are they serious? <laughs> Who knows what character he's gonna play? What about yourself, Joe? What do you rate it? Um, probably around around David. I'm like one, one and a half. Seriously, fuck you. Do better. This was just insulting and boring and just Thank you. God, so I fucking hate how much I hate this movie. And it's, <laughs> and it's 110 minutes long. You know, God damn it. You don't need this movie to be 110 minutes long. The Vincent Price movie had the decency to be 85 minutes long. At least. <laughs> you know, and that one, Vincent Price could have carried that for another half an hour. I thought it was like God 140 damn. minutes. Wasn't it 140 minutes? It felt like it. <laughs> No, I thought it was longer because I was like, I looked at oh, the, you, I looked uh, too, and I was the like, God. 
Uh, mine was a uh, mine was 101. I got my my numbers a little mixed oh, up. Okay. So it's only 15 minutes longer than the Vincent Price version, but this felt like an eternity longer than the Vincent Price version. It did take forever. I agree. This felt like a goddamn eternity, man. I, this this was interminable. The nadir of cinema. Jesus Christ, why did we make this? Why does this exist? Aside from fucking people collecting paychecks. Yeah, I know. We we could we could actually we could have probably fed a small what a bitch yes, this turned out. The, asi- the asylum made a movie around the same time, made a rip-off movie called I Am Omega, and I will guarantee you that movie's better than this. <laughs> this was just garbage, hot garbage. Never need do not do nobody needs to see it. I don't care if there's gonna be a sequel. You don't need to, you don't need to waste hour and well, they plan to do a sequel. It's going to be called. It's, to no, it is. Back. There are. They are doing a sequel. It's going to be called "I Am Legend," bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, for me, I'm going to give it. I'm going to be kind. I will give it a three, <laughs> only because three. I was fucking I, only fine. because like I love the dog. I love the man. I love the mannequins. They were fun. Um, <laughs> I, and I just, I actually just think. It fits in the time period of when it was created. Let's put it that way. Because okay, if you go back works, to that, that time works. period, you're like, oh, God, here we are, religious overtone. Oh, like, oh, hey, end of the world. <laughs> you know, even the Nazi fits, even the Nazi fits in the Second World War. But yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just, just, I just, yeah. Can't stand this movie. yeah, I just, can't stand so I give so it very anti biased. Three albinos. I, I, I give it a one because Willow Smith. <laughs> Gets killed in it, and if if he devoured his own young, I would have given it a solid five. But because he only killed her off screen, I give it a one. So, or if he tested well, we, it on her, uh, right? You know, if she got her little albino and tested her, you know, it would have been worse. They could have her singing again, which we could all do without. So. I don't know. Maybe we should just enlist somebody to do the porn version, and we'd like it better. <laughs> There probably is a porn version. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. Is there a porn version? I probably. Doubt it. Probably. I'm, I'm probably probably better than this. The title probably would be called "I Am Oscar." <laughs> somebody's somebody's fucking a mannequin for an hour and a half, and it's probably a better fucking movie than this. <laughs> no, but my question is, what if this podcast comes to the attention of Will Smith? Is he going that he's going to slap the three of us? He's I mean, slap I, you I, and I mean, I don't think I think it, we're so little in his scope of view <laughs> when okay, it comes to okay, his. I don't think. I will tag him when the episode goes out. He will too. It's funny because he will. He's going to. He's literally going to come around each of our homes and slap us. This is going to be like the end of Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. He's going to be high. Are you, are you Keith Chago? Did you say on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what it'll be? It'll be attached to one of his fan pages, and about 50,000 bitches are going to try to kill all of us. Oh, my he, gosh. No, he, he, we're going to watch. We're going to be doing the podcast in the future, and we're going to hear, don't put my film's name in your mouth. Keep <laughs> you know, you're gonna hear my one podcast name out of your mouth. <laughs> And this is the end of our make remake season. Um, make remake will be going to quarterly.
And we'll just I will have more information on that later. Our next episode will be Eminem, which is Monsters and Mad Men, which will be our last episode for the season. And that'll be a ghost story in Coco from 2017. Now we're starting season seven, which is People Are Strange season, which will be dealing with a lot of family films and family-oriented films, along with anthologies. So our um screen, a book to screen will be Little Mermaid and the 1989 film. And of course, Batman the Anime Series continues. We'll be doing I Am the Knight, Off Balance, The Man Who Killed Batman, and Mudslide. Our two for one will be Dark Families, which will be covering that, which will take the place of Make Remake. And that'll be Puffin Stuff the Movie and the Never Ending Story. And Puffin Stuff from 1970 and Never Ending Story from 1984. Doctor Who will be continuing. And we start our anthology season with Fantasia from 1940 and Fantasia. 1999, which is Fantage 2000, strangely enough. Doctor Who continues with the romance, and we will be doing a make-remake next season. We'll be doing Beauty and the Beast from 1981 and Beauty and the Beast from 2017. So it's good night for me, and good night, David. Good night, everyone. Good night, Joe. Good night, everyone. Good night, John. Good your dreams, folks. Good night, Vix. Good night, everybody. Talk to you next week with a ghost story and cocoa. Lonely, I'm Mr. Lonely. I have nobody for my own. I'm so lonely. Mr. Lonely Wish I had someone To call on the phone I'm a soldier A lonely soldier Away from home Through no wish of my own That's why I'm lonely I'm Mr. Lonely I wish that I could go back home Letters Never a letter I get no letters in the mail I've been forgotten Yeah, forgotten Oh, how I wonder How is it I fail Now I'm a soldier A lonely soldier Away from home Through no wish of my own That's why I'm lonely I'm Mr. Lonely I wish that I could go